0: Job for having me. Absolutely, man. Oh, yeah, dude. We've been following you for a while. And at first, I just thought it was cool. On
1: Instagram, not in real life. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I <don't> follow you.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I know, man. Just
1: I
2: have was, to clarify. I would have seen you. I'd be looking. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: I know. I know. Yeah, look, look behind your shoulder. I was telling my brother-in-law last night that I pay attention to who's driving behind me. And if somebody takes the same amount of turns as me, like four or five times in a row, I make a different turn just to double check. And he looked at me like I was paranoid. And I was like, I'm definitely not the only one who does this.
1: No, that's real shit, dude.
2: Try to see if I could look at them in their eyes through my rearview mirror. If I could see them, just, I just look. Oh, yeah. I'm not the person who turned away when people look in traffic. I'll look. If you like cut me off or do some fuck shit, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to let you know I see you.
1: Like, not like mad, but just like, I saw you. No, yeah. I saw you do it. Yeah, you do you, you feel know like you an wrong, idiot? Because you, know? you look like
2: one. <laughs> I ain't going to chase you. I'm not a road raised person, but ah, you will know. I'm gonna make it known. We are gonna come to a light or something. I'm gonna be looking. You I'm feel, gonna feel the just judgment.
0: look at you. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> that's worse sometimes. Like just knowing that yeah, you're judged. Be like this, they be stiff. But you know, I know you feel me. Yeah, you know you was wrong. Nobody sits like <laughs> no, that normally like, at a red light. No. I get like I at 10, I, 2 I, o'clock I, looking straight ahead.
1: I'm also not a road rage guy, but I do like to see someone's state of mind just for, you know, my own purposes. Just say so If you give
2: me a wave like, I'm sorry, like, I, that's cool. A lot of people do that and take stuff. Though, but if you're just trying to act like I ain't shit, oh, no. Hey, you know that was wrong. Oh, yeah, you know you know
1: what you did? No, <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't want to fight, but you know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's worse sometimes. But we were just talking about this a couple episodes ago where, same thing, I ride a motorcycle and people cut you off, but most people don't mean it. They just don't see you. And the people that apologize right after, I'm like, you're good. You're good. Like, it's... Forgive them for <laughs> yeah. that,
1: Man. Don't come to school tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I got a little dirt bike.
2: I got a, <laughs> a KTM that I be riding. They do not give me that curse. They be wanting me off the fucking road. That sucks. They are not like that. Like a dirt bike? Uh huh. Well, I got 150. Uh, So in Texas, on the road 35 miles and below, posted, you can ride dirt bikes on the road. Most people don't know that, but they probably don't care because not too many people going 35 miles an hour on the road nowhere. So it'd be sucking. I'd be having to get straight to
0: the field. We have these uh we have these takeover rides in Connecticut where like dudes will come out on like quads and ATVs or they're the same thing. Quads and dirt bikes and ride through town and stuff. So unfortunately, they see a black dude on a dirt bike, even if he's just minding his business, riding like obeying traffic laws, people say some fucked up shit because they assume like some bad shit's going down or some like Oh, it's gonna be like a flash mob or something.
1: They see like they see like one black guy and they're like, Oh my god, there's more of them.
0: But it's just a guy riding a motorcycle.
2: It's mixed so, we re- so, in Gal- so a lot of people didn't know about that law until we... Re- so who got a little attention and stuff? And Galveston, I get support from the community and stuff like that. And I said, we ride dirt bikes. It, may be, it could be up to four of us at a time. But before that, Galveston was really strict and nobody had ever done it. But 2019, 2020 pandemic time frame the laws changed and stuff like that. And any county that borders the Gulf of Mexico, you could ride a ROV or a, a UTV or whatever, however they got it categorized. On a, it's called an off-highway vehicle, not an off-road vehicle. So, just between off-highway and off-road. So, it's an off-highway vehicle. You can ride around anywhere in 35 and below. So, the police was pulling us over. They was writing my ass tickets, writing Mayberry tickets. Like, they was on our ass, like chasing us. It was crazy. It was a lot. It was like, well, we're not doing nothing wrong. So, we coming to points, you're going to, yeah, you try to do right. But sometimes I'm not going to let these motherfuckers write me a ticket for not doing nothing wrong. And, you're going to have to catch me. So it's, yeah, something yeah. Legal. You're going
1: to have to work for this <laughs> bullshit ticket.
2: <laughs> we did that a couple of times. Like, nah, we need to get right. And we have a relationship with the mayor and stuff like that. We talked to him about it. And we end up getting another ticket. And maybe we end up getting another ticket the day after we spoke with the mayor. And the police officer handled him horribly. Not knowing who we... We ain't nobody, but we, local leaders is what they call us. But not knowing no, we talked to the mayor, talked to police chief, talked to... The city manager, all people of power over him and stuff, and he would brought him a million tickets, handled disrespectfully, had the when he went to court, the, the police department apologized to him, told him they sorry for how he did it and everything. It was just a lot. We had to go through so much just to be able to ride our dirt bike stuff. But now we're trying to do like how you send a takeover ride out. We're trying to get everybody together I'm like, hey, this you can do this because we'll be on the road and stuff like that. We don't do too much wheelies because it's concrete. But people are like man, Papa William, uh, They the community love. <laughs> yeah. They love to see us. I'm you Papa Yeah. <laughs> they. Ask, they, <laughs> you ask, they ask, can they, Can I ride? Can I ride? No, we can't. Ride. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 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 we can't. We get all that. But they love to see us, man, especially on the seawall and stuff like that. This guy was on the <laughs> island in Texas. We're not connected to Texas. We got to get there by ferry or across the bridge, the causeway. People really love to see dirt bikes and stuff going down the seawall on the beach. It's a, it's a oh, sight to cool. see. I so it's a that. fucking vibe, you know. And, they try to say what was wrong.
1: Jordan, what he's talking about, there's not a beach at Galveston. There's like a, they've That's built it. up the road the sea right wall. next to the. Yeah, yeah the we, got sea
2: wall. Wall. we got a seawall. We got like a, the wall is about 17 feet high to keep us from. Oh, the worst hurricane in American history was the 1900 storm at Galveston. It killed hundreds of people. They washed away. It never be found. Thousands, man. It was, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. People a, were, a, bodies a were
1: time. washing up uh, all up and down Texas.
2: Oh yeah Up uh-huh. it, it was horrible Still, Bigger than Katrina Everything we've ever seen To this day City of Built up a wall Going uh, uh, Facing the Gulf of Mexico That's probably about 15, 17 feet high Going all the way down The entire stretch of the island And the island Slopes down from that It's like a wall It's, it's hotels Restaurants food. You know, it's exciting to see It's parking So we'll drive Up and down the beach And stuff like that You can go fishing It's a pier It's all type of stuff But then the island comes Back to the other end Where everybody live And work and
0: Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. I mean, it's not cool that no, you know, know thousands of people <laughs> died to do it, but...
2: <laughs> I know what you mean, but it's a, people like to see us out on bikes and stuff, and we all about community building, and that's what we do, so we had to take a couple of nails, man. I got a ticket one time from when I had a... So I got a two-stroke. I had to mix my gas, and I went to go cycle it around, man. got pulled over by a sheriff, and it's like, oh, you can't ride this, and he wrote me motorcycle, no motorcycle endorsement, no motorcycle insurance, no motorcycle license. He wrote me all these tickets. I'm 50 feet from my driveway. He made me get a tow trucker. You couldn't even just walk it over? No, nah, the tow truck. I waited with the tow truck until he left, and the tow truck let me walk it no. home. No,
1: that's so stupid. I can see my car. What a, car. Fucking, what like, a dick! Man,
2: you think I'm playing fifty feet for real? No, like, no I, I believe
1: it. it, dude. Cops are
2: wild. <laughs> I'm only driving around the block to cycle my gas. I don't have my wallet. I don't have. I just got my phone. I don't have nothing else. It doesn't surprise me. I that's... know my ID number by heart and stuff like that. But he was, it was. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm mixing gas. I said, This is my house. I'm like, look, this, this is my house. <laughs> Right here This is like This is like it's, it's across. I'm in the street This is my house <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah it no, I believe it So had to take those nails And stuff like that But now That's wild man I ain't stop yeah, I'll stop But you know you lost I'm called the chief yourself Now yeah, I ain't playing no more <laughs> I Don't even You harass me now <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to pull Nobody else over Nothing
0: Well you got a lot on the line now And you got the business And I was saying before And uh I started following you because the first when I was starting this, I was just trying to get to know people, trying to find people in the gun community. Yeah, and Andrew, right. I was that telling was, him I just <laughs> thought it was cool like, to see gun like the black people you know, I had no, I didn't know yeah. shit. Like I was like, wow, I'm I'm just so used <laughs> to seeing the dudes that I see up here. No, I and like to me, mean. I was like, wow, a yeah, real I'll one. Like it's like fucked too. up saying that's, that in my head. Yeah. Like.
1: the the stereotypes that you're that you're like it's silly man because like you
0: you grow up and, and like you you hear it's there's stereotypes everywhere man and like and it's not that we don't have black gun owners in Connecticut but like you go to a gun range or you go to like a gun group meetup or anything like that it's all old white dudes it's all like there's nothing wrong with them doing it but like it's not that diverse of a community and then I found out that you were doing so much more than that. So you're out, straight out of your Instagram bio. is You're bridging between two stereotypes that society tries to separate, being from the hood and being a redneck. And then I started doing like a deep dive into your Instagram and... It blew me away, man. Like I I think it's like hunting, conservation, tons of stuff, all this stuff. And I'm so for that. We both are because we're constantly telling people like people don't live in a box. You can't look at somebody and take what they believe and say like, all right, you're this person. I'm assigning this label to you. Like that's not how people work in the real world. And you're living proof of that. And the fact that you exist means that hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of other people like you exist as well. And I think it's really cool that you're putting a face to the idea that so many people in the gun community are completely, like I was at one point, are completely unaware of. And the fact that you're doing this while building community, you're doing this while practicing conservation, homesteading, all this stuff that is just like, is rad as hell. I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. We got to talk to him, figure out what's up next, like what he's working on. So again, I appreciate you coming on, man. This is uh, going to be a good episode.
2: I appreciate y'all having me, man. I, I always be excited when people want to talk to me. You know, I'm just doing it. <laughs> we like hearing myself. ourselves talk, like, like, man. Know. That's why we started a
0: podcast. <laughs> I like hearing Andrew better than I like hearing myself. but Man,
2: hearing myself is crazy. I don't realize how country I am. <laughs> I try to get right, but Bro, I, I love your myself,
3: accent. Like,
0: God, I wish I could damn, tape you. I, I can like, tape you. You're on my if, podcast.
1: If if bug me. I'm going to listen to this like six times yeah. over, just
0: pretend I'm down south. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, like rural Texas is its own kind of thing. It's like its own kind of drawl. I remember I tried to watch um, The Sun with Pierce Brosnan. And his character is this like, he was like a colonial Texan or whatever. So he's supposed to be this like lifelong Texan. And then he's talking with like a deep South Georgia accent. And I just like, I don't know, man, I couldn't watch it. Like The immersion wasn't there. <laughs> I could. Like, it just wasn't, I don't know. It just bothered me the whole time. And I'm from the city. I'm from San Antonio, and I've got like a little bit of Texas. But most of the time, I go places. I tell people I'm from Texas, and they're like, "Where's your accent?" I'm like, "But you don't even know. Like, <laughs> like you wouldn't recognize it if."
2: I get everything else. People have asked me, "I'm from all type of stuff," but Texas is different. It's uh, I'm to narrow it down, to explain to people, especially after being in the army and meeting even more people with accents, and like really having to talk so they can understand me. Texas where we're at it's more of a EA. Like we're saying here, it'll be like here, like we're over here. So Galveston, I'm close to Louisiana and I am to Dallas. Louisiana's three hours. Lake Charles three hours from Galveston. Dallas is four hour drive, so we're a lot more Cajun just as well as Texas, but Texas is also Mexico. That's what a lot of people don't realize. It's Tejas. I grew up in old I was a third black, a third white, and a third Hispanic. So I grew up around white, like poor of both three and rich of both three. And going off the school up in East Texas, so where we are, it's like I guess it's the EA, like we'll say over here. Over in East Texas, Northeast Texas, our R is R. It's over her, over there, it's two R, it's a hard R. And then the closer you get to Mexico, the more Hispanic. I don't have you know I can't, mind, I don't Right, right. I can't roll my yeah. tongue and stuff like that. But the closer you go that way, it gets a lot more Hispanic. Or if you go up north, it gets more like a mountain. It's almost like they're talking uh, up here and, like like the top of their nose and stuff. It's, it's so huge. Everybody has a different accent. You can tell somebody come with them too hard, hard. there's going to be north. That's so crazy it's like, to me, like, if you come over here, uh, man, if you drawing it out, like Houston and stuff, like third coast, we can, if you got this name, uh, that name, you draw, I got a little draw, like right? as people say, if you got a draw, it's going to be more of this an uh, Austin and super country. That's where you're going to get close to like almost Georgia yeah. yeah. And Austin. Hey, they got a real, that's the true, true Texas action that everybody be talking, they want to hear. Really? Austin, that's where you're going to hear that at. And you hear something like going, oh yeah, going towards like close to Dallas and stuff like that up there, that whole little area. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll hear that real take, dude. I'm visiting Andrew in, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if we're still doing that that show, but I would like to. <clears throat> I got to, yeah, all right, well, then I'm going to. Pew, pew, peeps. <laughs> pew, peeps show. And I need to spend more than a weekend down there because I don't travel enough. I've been to Austin once before. It was for a wedding, so we were only there for like three days. And I didn't experience any of this. Like, to me... Because
2: you probably went to the city. Austin's motto is keep Austin weird. So the city is going to be the most... The weirdest. Texas, San Francisco mix you'll ever see in the world. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's That's their motto. That's what Austin's for the to place. That's why it's, so, it's diverse. It's the most diverse. It's a vibe, man. Go to like...
0: I liked it. Like, it was fun.
2: South by Southwest. Man, it's perfect. Man, South by Southwest is a Man, I love
0: that event. There's so
2: many different people out there and stuff just having a good time listening to music and stuff like that. But South by Southwest is really a tech convention. So, like, the week before the music, there's a whole bunch of tech stuff going on and things like that as well. So,
1: Oh, dude, it's everything. It's huge, man. There's, like, so much to it now.
2: Man, so yeah. All right. Keep Austin weird. Uh, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see why the motto yeah. the motto. <laughs> South by Southwest.
0: <laughs> I just, I got to gotta pay attention a little bit more because I didn't feel like I was in the South when I was in Austin. That was the thing.
2: So Texas Relay, if you want to get a more South vibe in Austin, go during Texas Relay time. You'll get a real deep South Texas vibe. Everybody, the deep South Texas come out to see people race. It's some sports. It's racing. It's, it's going to bring out different type right, of vibes than right. music music. Uh, but it's college racing. It's high school racing. Like uh, All these different high schools coming from all over Texas. The top possible, Texas is the most competitive state in America out of all the 50 states because you got to think, if you're on the west side of Texas, you're playing kids that's on the west coast, and then you come back and play Texas. If you're on the east side of Texas, you playing kids all the way up to Florida into the west, and the east coast, and you come back and play, and there's a big-ass bubble of competitiveness all through every sport in Texas, no matter what sport it And track is just the same, so you get to see future Olympians running, like, for real, for real, at South by Southwest, and you'll get all the vibes and music. The people going to be down. It's a, it's a scene. You'll like it. That's cool. I don't doubt it. You'll like it. People bring their cars out. see the swangers, the big trucks, the donks, everybody who got anything to bring it out,
1: ride. And get, yeah. You got to take some time, man. <laughs> Texas, I love Texas, man. There's a lot here, man. There's a lot going on.
0: People talk shit about Texas, especially like— Who's talking shit? People up north. People (laughs) like— I'm telling you, man, people— This is the kind of stuff I like to bring up when people say like, oh, fuck this state, fuck that state, because they disagree with the politics of a certain politician, and they assume everyone in that state believes that kind of stuff. And it's in reality, like, there are places that are so diverse. I mean, everywhere is diverse. That's the thing. Like, no state is going to be homogenous. Yeah, Connecticut's all the same. (laughs) Yeah, we're all, the, you know, we all look the same, like in our green tea, chai lattes. It's the only state that I that I know
2: of, I don't nobody else's state. But the only state that I know of that could be its own country that really don't need the rest of America to be self-sustainable. And you I think it's the long-star state. Everybody here is a, a mentality, like it takes a mentality really to do it by yourself if nothing else type thing. You know, that's it's like the long-star, I can do this myself. You're going to meet a lot of those people. And that's that thing. That's why I'd be so willing to help. If I could do this and you know I could do this, we could do this together. Like, that's how that, you know, that down south mentality really is. You know, that's that's how I really go. So, it's a little, yeah, you know, it's Texas vibe, man. That's all I can say. I've been all throughout the south. Yeah, uh, Texas is where it's at. And I've been everywhere from Texas, up from Oklahoma, I've been to every, every state in the south. I've been to Wisconsin. I've been to California, Colorado, Nevada. In to Mexico, yeah. Probably Texas is the best, man. I need to go up a little more north, but come to Connecticut, man. I feel way more comfortable in the south. I ain't gonna. Yeah, lie. I
0: don't blame you, dude. I feel more comfortable in the south. Every time I go down to the south, I feel like I'm on vacation. Everybody's nicer. Everybody moves like at like a normal pace. It's weird. Everybody appears in a rush constantly.
1: There's another side of it though, where it's like everybody's nice, but like if they're mad, you don't always know right away.
2: It's the wild you don't dirty know. South. It's like
1: everybody's like polite, but then if you like piss somebody off, it's like oh, bless your heart.
2: Bless your heart. Uh, so. <laughs> people crazy, yeah. Texas home yeah, people crazy in Texas too. this Yeah, like anywhere. It's a lot of bad too, good and bad everywhere. But it's you know when you got a state this big, man, it's crazy. It's <laughs> it is one of those things, you know, you know, everything big in Texas, so
0: <laughs> all the way around. How did you start Hoodneck, man? I know we're bouncing around, man. We can bullshit for forever. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm trying to think of like a transition into that. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask him. How'd you start this? Like, did you find that there was like a need for something like this? Or where's the origin of... Hell no, not at all. This is man,
2: this is all by God. So so hood niggas something I always say just joking, just playing like I'm a hood nigga. Right? My so always say it. in the army used to say, you know, so my mom's side's from Galveston, my dad's side's from Louisiana, Mississippi, but moved to Texas. Grew up in Hitchcock, right across the water, the real rural part of Galveston County, the most rural part of Galveston County. Grew up with my grandmother helping raise me, so back and forth before Galveston. Galveston's is an island, but it's the south, but it's the twist. it's the middle, it's the island, it's the tourist town, but it's still Texas, it's still a south. You cross the water, people riding horses. You might see horses in Galveston. It's still Texas. It's, everything in Texas is just a tourist town. Oh, it's a nice, a nice little mix between the city. I grew up in, going back and forth to Hitchcock to my, with my grandmother and my grandpa, growing in her vegetable garden and stuff like that, just helping her out, learn how to shoot, will hunt. I guess you say shooting squirrels and possums and coons and stuff. And my grandpa like to keep them out of the garden and whatnot. But I just always tell people I'm a hood nick, Go fishing and stuff like that. Both sides of my family fish. We're on the island, so everybody fishes Galveston. That's what I know by nature. As I got older, got into the gun stuff, got into gun trouble, but not real trouble. You know, like, God just blessed me. Like, man, you got interest for guns. Do stuff the right way. I just not knowing laws and things and just don't know the things that I don't know. Joined the service, the artillery. So I was a gun bunny in the Army. Didn't do nothing but blow shit up and shoot. It's every gun that they had at the time, and all my brothers were white. I was probably out our battery. Our <laughs> battery was three black dudes, but out the whole battalion was probably like 12 out of thousands of people. So
0: they were like, let's put these guys together. Yeah, it
2: meant badly, but a lot of them, one of them was my chief, and the other one was a sergeant. So I'm the only young one. Oh, I see, yeah, you, you see, see we're 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 really hanging out, out them. Them. So, Yeah, I was. it was a couple of youngs, but in different sections. So it's a lot of break. I Out the whole brigade, I it's, it was a good number of camp, like 13 Bravos. I won't say probably less than a third, but. A decent amount because a lot of Hispanics, a lot of everywhere else, a lot of white boys and stuff like that. But all my brothers were white from Montana, Michigan, Nebraska, real white boys. Like, man, I would go hang with them. They like, I didn't drink beer until I started hanging with them and stuff like that. They drink PBRs and shit. Like, man, (laughs) I miss them so much. And all my brothers, I still take them. I love PBR, man.
3: I
0: can't lie. Like, that's my bros,
2: man. I miss them so much. But Burgess was really the one, man. him, We would go to his house and play with his guns and stuff like that. And I would get, like, this negative feeling, like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not... He, he would always be like, we're not doing nothing wrong. We're just breaking our guns down, and we, we ain't shoot shit. we just chilling. Like, you know, we can put your guns out and chill. That's what we used to do. So, uh... Wayne bought me my first gun, he bought me a Glock 21 and stuff, and we really just started going into the mountains more and shooting and stuff like that. Bell is from Michigan, and Bell had a nice look collection of AKs, She had some cameras, and all type of stuff. And, you know, when we bring all our guns together, oh, it ain't, I wouldn't shoot. You know, I just fell in love with shooting the guns in the mountains mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, I'm a hood nigga. I used to always say it and I used to always laugh. Like, man, I like that. But you know, nothing big at the time. But when I got to the army, I was working at this gun store and I had I was working with this other white boy. His name was Pete. But Pete is Dutch, like immigrant Dutch, green card Dutch. He's really from over there. I don't know what the what it's called. Just don't know nothing. Another thing I don't know, but I know he, he told me he's Dutch. He had long brown hair, long beard. Like, you would see him. He's a hairy ass dude. Like, you would see him like, oh, man. <laughs> You cool as fuck, but uh, Pete was cool, man. He was like, "Man, you want to go hard cutting?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So I went hard cutting. He was like, "You got some more people? They can come if they want." So I tried to get my black friends to go, and it was like, "Hell nah, <laughs> going not no!" Going into the woods with this guy? <laughs> <things>. No,
1: <laughs> not at all. Yeah, for real, for
2: real, man.
0: This backwoods looking dude. You know, I, you know once. I'm,
2: just, I'm fresh out the army, so they like, "Hell no!" Nah, I'm not doing none of that shit. Going with you, no nah. no. It's all like no, nose across oh, the board. Oh god. <laughs> so I go with Pete. We go. It's me, Pete, and Alex, and uh. We knock down the hog and uh I take a picture of the hog and I post it in these Facebook groups and stuff like that, the time these black hunting groups and whatnot. And I was like, man, I just want to do hood nick shit with my friends.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
2: uh I go viral. My I go viral like uh, this is twenty eighteen, this is beginning twenty eighteen. So uh I'm not even out of the army yeah yeah and I go viral, get all these comments, likes and shares, hundreds of thousands. People like, Man, I like that, yeah. I like it, like yeah, 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 yeah. Put it on the shirt. I don't know shit about no fucking search. But between time and that meantime before that, so like I was talking about drop shipping earlier, man. My boy Rich, I grew up with Richard. Rich the uh the head football coach at Brazosport High School now. Nah, football superstar, is where we come from and played for Sam Houston, you know, and had an amazing career out there. But um we still at that time, these years ago, we try to figure out what we're doing with life and whatnot. And it was like, man, Damon John from Shark Tank having this little seminar at Hotel Galvez and whatnot. It's free. He's like, let's go. So we go and I learn about drop shipping. And that's where it really it fucked me up. Cause I was like, man, you know, it's the future and all this. And it was like one of those sales pitches and shit like that. But Damon John went there, it was like his team. If you pay us three thousand dollars, you can meet them. And uh, but they gave you so much free game. I, went, I ain't have no three thousand dollars, I just there for the free the free game. And they gave a lot of it. They told me about dropshipping, how it's going to be the future. But they was talking about like, Amazon drop shipping and uh, product stuff, Alibaba. Just saying yeah, because this is
1: this was back when just drop shipping people hadn't really heard about dropshipping.
2: Man, it's 2017 still. Man, I'm trying to tell you, this has been a time frame. So back to fast forward, man, people like, put it on a shirt, put it on a shirt. And I was like, man, I don't know shit about no shirts. And I'm looking on logos and stuff like this. and. Man, I made a shirt and it just said Hood Nick. It wasn't. I don't got my. This is my nine line collab. But I had a. Uh, it was not the Hood Nick. The words. It wasn't that. It was just block letters. It wasn't that type of font. It just said Hood Nick. And I put it on a shirt and nobody fucking bought it. Nobody. A 100000 <laughs> oh. All Nobody. I don't know if I took so long or what, but it wasn't that. Man, nobody bought it. So I ain't trip. I ain't looking. I, I went help y'all. Y'all y- y- actual. <laughs> like you know. So I didn't trip too hard, but at the time I was doing like photography and stuff like that just to make side money. And uh, one of my friends that I grew up with, he uh Mike Evans, I don't know if y'all keep up with football, but Mike Evans from the Buccaneers, he's a good friend of mine. I grew up two blocks away from him and stuff like that. And uh oh, that's he had a celebrity basketball game and I was like, man, let me come take some pictures and stuff like that. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, it's too easy. So I just so happened to have a blank hood neck, the old the OG hood next straight on with the box letters. And uh I'm tall, I'm about six five, and this dude who's about six ten comes up to me. And he was like, what is hood neck? I'm like, man, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, I ain't never had nobody come up to me and ask me. This is the first time ever. And I tell him, I was like, man, you know, this, it was an old thing. I mean, you know, in the Hood Redneck, man, just, you know, just a brand I was starting at that time. It wasn't even what I'm on the same track I am today, you know, it's just so much stuff still had to play up into it. But uh, he was like, man, I like that, man. I really do. It's like, man, I got family and stuff like this. And he was just telling me, you know, just telling me his story. And Doug, uh, he's like, man, you need a logo. I was like, uh, you know, he told me that, and he stuck with me that whole day. I'm taking pictures at the game and stuff like that. The game was in College Station, well, because Mike went to A&M. So I'm driving back from College Station back to Galveston, and it's just on my fucking head. Like, man, do I need, need a logo? A logo. Like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it just kept growing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hmm. So I go home, and I start, I'm looking up logos and shit. I'm broke, I'm. My son just born. My son was born my last month in the army. He was born uh, May 27th, was born I got the army just June twenty seventeen. He was born May twenty seventeen. So I'm broke, new parent, still trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing myself and stuff like that. Still going through my emotions, you know, decompressing from the military, and uh, just don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Like lost, dude, lost. I ain't had no money, nothing. Looking up these, they charge eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars for a loan. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm Like, oh, I ain't got that. So. I go on Photoshop. I downloaded a bootleg Photoshop, man. In high school, I took this class called Webmaster. In three of my four years in high school, I took it every year by my junior year. And uh, Mr. C, though, man, I'll never forget him. He was one of my favorite teachers, man. He taught us Photoshop. Photoshop is the exact same from my freshman year, 05, 06. It's the exact same as it was from 05 to 06 as it is now. It's just updated. more You know, just better technology. But exactly the fucking same. And I was fucking amazed. I used to get in trouble for putting his head on Brokeback Mountain pictures. I used to put his head on all types of <laughs> shit, like I used to man i used to get in trouble like i was a, <laughs> i knew how to do my work he taught me very how to do photoshop like he was ahead of this time like when they were teachers not paid enough he's one of those teachers like you was teaching this shit 2000 i'm like see though i wouldn't be here but anyway so i downloaded bootleg photoshop it's still the same i got this image of the logo on my head i was like man i need something hood neck gotta be separate i was like man it gotta it gotta hit sound like man i need bricks something tough hard gritty and I just started finding all these different fonts and stuff. And I just started putting it on Photoshop and so started finding different shit that fit. And I was like, for the red, Nick, I was like, man, what makes me think red, Nick? I'm thinking NASCAR, rally car, race car, fast. I'm hauling ass. Like, you know, I'm the Nick part, I had to find a font that fitted like tear well. Like, it was hard. I had to really brain fucking search. And then I put it together and I sat back. Like, it was like some, I was like, man, I think this is it. Like, it was like a fucking eureka moment. I swear to God, I was going to Photoshop. Like, I stood back, I opened it up, made a big screen on my computer. I'm like, man, I think this is it. I think this is what the fuck I had in my mind. Like, I ain't ever put nothing together. Like, I can't draw for shit, so I can't... You know, I ain't too good with putting, you know, going brain to hand, so... When I did, I sat back. I was like, man, I, I think this is it. For real, for real. I was like, all right. So let me order me a shirt and stuff. Uh, I put the logo on the shirt on the drop dropshipping website. I find somebody. I'm doing a spreadsheet, a spread shirt or something at first. I, I'm not using the same company I was then. But someone was charging me $20 something for a shirt. Where well, I probably made 3 $4 off a shirt or something like that if I sold and put my logo on it. But I just did it. And I put it up the and I put it on my Instagram. And uh, I was just, I will not even hood, Nick. I was fucking Chris Tatted or uh, Third. I forgot my old Instagram. I was just a regular dude from the island with tattoos and guns and shit. You know, probably what you would fucking expect because I was. You know, I didn't. You know, just an army vet. I know a little bit more than some, but still ignorant to so much more. But I put it up there, and somebody bought it before my shirt even came in the mail. Somebody bought a shirt, but it was while I was asleep. When I woke up, I was like, "What the fuck? Somebody bought a shirt?" I was like. Who I and it was somebody I, I didn't know, still don't know. To that person, I never met, never talked to or nothing. And it blew my mind. Like I don't put my credit card or my debit card information just on the internet. You know, I ain't no crooked thief, but you don't know me, you know. And you bought a shirt. Like it, it just blew my mind. Like you really put your hard earned money into something I I just made last night. You know, like man, what the? It's f- only twenty dollars. You know, I'm. And I was like, I could fucking do this shit. I made three, four hours on the street, you know? And uh, so I start pushing it a lot more. I just start wearing my shirt and just taking pictures with the gun and shit. I had at the gun store and stuff like that. And then the people just start, you know, I'm known in Galveston just, just from being around, playing sports, stuff like that growing up, you know, just community based. Our family, you know, my grandma was in the, a gospel music legend in the county and stuff like that. So, you know, everybody's families and stuff like that. So I already known. So when people try to get guns and I'm in the army, so, you know, black people trust me when they come by guns and, it just fell in my hand like, man, it was just God. I put it on a shirt and it just started growing. I ended up meeting some people and they started telling me about Shot Show and stuff like this because I ended up leaving the gun store because the, the owner started getting like jealous of me and shit because people was coming in asking for him because he was paying this old Instagram days. He was paying people thousands of dollars to come do Instagram posts and shout outs and stuff like that. And it's old. It's old. It's 2018, 2019. So it's 2018, 2017. Because yeah, he was supposed to 2019. But uh, people was coming in and asking for me. I man, I like hood nigga. They want me to sell him a gun and shit like that. Cause he was, he had like an antique and stuff. I'm me all the time. I don't do the show shit. I feel like I'm a character, just being myself. You like me? you Like me? Don't you? Don't different strokes with different folks, and this ain't just stroke. So it was just one of them things. And people start fucking with me, and I he start getting jealous, and he started sending me home, Started doing all type of weird shit. So I just like, man, fuck it. It was just, I was going to shoot with my lady and my son. I was like, man, I need to figure out something. I was just going fishing every fucking day. I was going to Coast Guard base to a nice little spot because only vets could get on, so there ain't never nobody there. Like, every morning, crack on dawn. So the sunrise, the sunset, you could fish. As soon as the sun come up, they open the gate. I was first one in the gate every morning. Just fishing, is really thinking and processing shit. And every in the meantime, I'm probably getting one sale a week. Like, one person. I'm like, man, I got two. Like, this, you know, this ain't no big spare. I'm not even thinking, like, this life-changing shit or nothing. Like, nothing. I'm not thinking. It's just cool side hustle type shit, you know. It ain't no real money. It ain't no money. I'm really making four. It sounds crazy. <laughs> i really making really four dollars a shirt, like for real, for real. Selling for twenty dollars. Times are so different. Just thing about dropshipping. shipments. was so different. They just tax out the ass for shirts. But um, I don't know what happened. I was like, man, you know what? Fuck I'm just gonna go ahead and do this shit. The stars were just lining up. You know, I was praying and shit like that. Trying to ask for signs for God. And I was like, man, show me for real, for real. I was gonna say I stopped drinking, uh stopped smoking, stopped doing a lot of stuff and just just focused on some shit like my son
3: and my family, and then
2: I start focusing on building something. And I was like, how could I do it? I don't know, man. I just start selling shirts and I was just like man, I just need to get this shirt because it's a culture. I was like, man, I'm a hood nigga. I start telling people, just like it's people who rednecks, just like it's people who cowboys all around the world, it's people who say they hood niggas. And I, I just start trying to find people like that on the internet. Black Rambo, man, I've been knowing him before he was Black Rambo. That's what I'm saying. We was friends for real, for real. He was we was just two niggas in the South who had guns and shit. You know, we was just on Instagram. We went no, no famous name. Like, man, I was trying to get him paid because the gun store owner throwing money. I'm like, he going viral at the time. I'm like, well, shit, come down here and get some of this money. Trying to look out for him. But uh, it, ain't all, it all ended up going to shit at the gun store. But uh, by the grace of God, I mean, some people that I was like, man, I can get you a ticket to SHOT Show. You just got to find you somewhere to stay. Uh, I'm like, man, I'm still fucking broke. I ain't got a job. now. Nah, gun store ain't, you know, I ain't. <laughs> I'm, I'm broke. I got the, you know my little VA stuff at the time and she like man it's going to my son. I'm paying bills. I ain't got. I'm broke, man. For real, for real. I ain't got nothing. I'm check the check. So uh somebody was like man I get you a ticket. You ain't just got to get here. I was like man I ain't, I ain't gonna get that. I ain't. I gotta get a room, man. I was like I ain't got it. So I ain't stressing it. Somebody hit me and was like hey I like what you doing man got an Airbnb you makes you stay on the couch. I'm like huh. I was like hey it's cool you know it's, it's like shit just start popping up like man God was really working. And a dude in accounting. So I used to play semi pro football and stuff just for fun, like as an adult. Just, just to, I like sports.
1: Just yeah. for fun, semi pro <laughs> football. Just a quick you know, little man, <laughs> side <also laughs> of the dedicate man, myself to I a sport. Saying,
2: nah, it wasn't even that. It wasn't no dedication at all. I was just, I, I mean, I'm athletically blessed. I know I'm taller than people. I know I use my height and stuff over people because I was a child. So it just panned over to, you know, on adults, man. They playing with their hardest. This shit is a game to me, man. I ain't had to get hurt. You no, know, anyways, I meet a guy there. We cool, but we, I was receiving, receiver, he was a safety, and he never got a chance to hit me or stuff like that. I never got a chance to catch on. We used to just talk shit to each other all the time. And it was like that type of relationship, man. His name TJ. Man, we were just friendly shit, talking Robert. She was on the same team, but, you know, I feel like I'm the best, like you best type of shit, but just semi pro. It ain't nothing serious. So, you know, this shit disappeared at the end of the day. But anyway, man, TJ had went to the Navy after that, and that's in time between time. I had went to the Army, but TJ had been out in the Navy for a while. TJ had been working and making good money, and I had just got out. And I feel like, man, he just seen what I was going through. Like, man, I know it's like just getting out of that service and shit like that. And TJ was like, man, we weren't even that close. And he was like, man, if you need help with anything, man, I like what you're doing. If you need help with anything, just let me know. And this at the time, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, man, somebody just offered me a room. Now I'm getting off I was like, man, what's the catch? I still got the message on Facebook. I'm like, man, what's the catch? Like, no he was like, man, ain't no catch, man. He's like, I just see. I want to help. He was like, man, and I was like, what you want? He's like, man, I just want my money back if this, this, anything. And I stayed on it for about a week. Man, I'm praying, man. I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. And I was like, man. He was like, you showed, man. He he was persistent as fuck. And I was like, yeah, man, let I me. Mean, I need I do need a little help, man. I want to go to Vegas. I need a flight. Flight 400 and something dollars. I ain't got it. He was like, man, I'm gonna give you enough to uh he was like, he was really trying to give me more than I needed, but I ain't that type of person. I was like, man, I just need to get the flight because I know I gotta pay you back. And I got I go to the, I go to the, you know, long story short, I ended up making it to Shot So I'm standing on the couch. I got a badge. I still got my badge up today, I gotta find it. But uh, I still got man, I'm there. I'm, I'm thugging, man. I'm eating McDonald's dollar menu shit, man. I'm broke. I'm walking up and down the street, the strip. Uber took all my money, yeah. Didn't plan well for Uber, man. Broke me. Like, it broke me in Vegas, man. Like, I was really out of Vegas thugging, man. Trying to survive just for a week till I get home. Just yeah. To, <laughs> just till I can fly yeah. home, you know? Yeah, no. Man. You do, what you got to do, man, man? you just don't know. Like, dollar, I don't eat McDonald's today. I fucking hate McDonald's. But I'm on that dollar menu, man. I know how to be If I don't know nothing else. So I'm in SHOT Show, I'm trying to get all the little free shit, get all I can, not get in the parties and shit, get my food up and shit, you know, cause I'm, uh, uh, Maj Teray is the one who got me in the, the SHOT Show, but, uh, I'm like, follow him around and I'm like learning, I'm seeing the game, but I'm not benefiting from it at the same time. I'm seeing as I'm walking around, like, I'm just following, I look like a fucking flunky, you know, that's how I'm feeling. And uh, I see Black Rambo there for the first time. and But nobody knows who he is at this time. Nobody. Zero people. He walking through SHOT Show. He's like, man, I waste my time. Because we talked before. I was like, man, we're going to link up in Vegas and shit like that. Because he was really the one. He's like, man, somebody got me in. You got to find somebody to get you in. So and that's how I got in. So we finally meet and stuff. We sit and talk. And He's like, ain't nobody really fucking with me, man. <laughs> he was like, man. He was like, <laughs> They don't want anything to no, do not nobody know who I am. He probably had 100K at this time. He's like, no, nobody know who I am.
1: Uh, followers, hundred
2: thousand followers? Yeah, nobody but his demographic. I'm like, we sitting out working. I say, man, I say, all your demographic under 18. I said, they can't buy guns yet. And they black. And we the only 10 black people here. He won another 10. Like I was telling you about earlier, man. He won another ten. It ain't nobody black. Ain't nobody no, they don't know who the fuck none of us is. <laughs> no hell no. That's why we they looking at us like this. He been looking at he looks so they look at him even more crazy. But I know a million people who look like him, you know? It's <laughs> so we see, I'm like, man, you got to do different. So I'm, we, he'll tell you, he give me, that's why we still close. he give me a lot of love and shit to the day. He'll tell people everything. I'm like, man, you got to do it different. I said, they finna turn 18. I said, you got to get them and turn them positive before they can be negative. So you got to give them some legal, be safe, be smart, be responsible, do some shit. And then and that's exactly what happened. We started doing the stay safe, stay legal shit. And he went from 100K, next shot show, he had 400K. And Next show, we can't walk five minutes without him being stopped. He a the man. they throwing guns at him, for real. They got him throwing guns to people and shot show giving them away. He that man in one year. Now, next year, the innocent had paid me to do a, something to come out for the plus one movement because I didn't hood nigga. I'm just finding more country people. we going shoot, but we're doing it the right way. We're following the laws at the time, I'm not doing nothing special. We're just going shoot. We're going hunt. The shit we already do, but I'm posting more. I'm just showing them. The first SHOT Show I meet Baird, True Exodus, I don't know if y'all follow him, but he's a pastor. That first SHOT Show, he's the only connection I made, the best connection I could have ever made a SHOT Show. He did an influence and stuff. He got about 400 some something with K-Online and stuff like that, but... He's like the gun-toting pastor. He can shoot his ass off. He's a hell of a shooter. And he's an instructor. I meet him at a party that I get in by Trill Toya. Trill Toya is the security guard who stopped the active shooter at the guard. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's one of the other 10 black people at SHOT Show, man. So (laughs) that's why I'm telling you, man, he's my friend. So she get us all into this party because she just went viral for stopping that right before SHOT Show. It's like two weeks after the incident. So the whole industry knows who she is because had just gave her a big post and he was a man at that time. So every, she was one of them girls at the time and stuff like that. And uh, she pulling us along. She's like, man, this new to me. Y'all, we, you know, we, we dug it together. So, she pulled us in this club to this little party and that's why I meet her and a lot of big other people like Mike, uh, knockout lights and stuff like that. And it was just like a big influencer party. But I meet Baird and man, he was just so fucking welcoming, man. He was like so nice, he could have made you cry just from being that fucking nice. Like, the interaction was so pleasant. We exchanged numbers and he told me follow up. Dude, when we follow up, that motherfucker introduced me to the innocent self guy. The people who own Shine Show. So oh, the next year, they were like, "Man, we doing this? Can you come Damn. out here and all this?" From the introduction that he gave me, they paid me fifteen hundred dollars to come out there. The next shot show, but I had already been saving money, so I'm not I'm broke. I'm not as broke. I'm gonna break even uh, <laughs> after shot show and stuff like that. Because if, if they give me fifteen hundred, so I had got my first check. That's a win, man. This is uh, twenty twenty. This uh, right before the pandemic, right? This is right before the pandemic. I'm already thinking like what I want to do with Hood Nick, man. I'm thinking I was like, man, I'm gonna get this check and uh, I'm going to go to man. LSC was cool, but I was like, I want to educate, you know. I want to be on the safety side. I don't know.
1: That kind of jives with the NSSF, right? Because that's what they're all about is education, safety.
2: And I saw the lack of the need because like I say, man, it's been so many times I've been playing with guns my entire life. Man, I used to stick into my great-grandma's old mm-hmm. room and look under her bed and play with her my great-grandfather's old guns. Like guns or something. That's, and I know bad stuff. Like, I mean, a lot of just don't know the things I don't know. But I knew... My family didn't, I used to tell them I used to ask for BB guns, I used to get in trouble with them BB guns, I used to ask for paintball, all type of stuff. My whole childhood, I, I was just infatuated with them, going to the range and shooting guns. My, I had different friends whose parents shot guns, so I would go to their house and go shoot guns, and I'd tell my parents and shit. You know, I would just love guns. I got in trouble, I stole my grandpa's gun, and I all just type of little bad stuff. You knew Chris was going to do something with guns, and I just knew I was only doing those things because I didn't know better at that time. You know, I just don't know the things you don't know. So I was like, man, I want to go nonprofit and just find people and just show them how to do stuff the right way. So the uh like, man, we'll pay you to come out here and, and do all this, and when I do that, I meet everybody. So I meet from the person who's running that program to Joe Bartozi, the CEO on down, marketing and everything. And it was like a game changer, man. Joe Bartozzi is my like, guy, man. I can take some right now. That's my boy. We check up on. I check up on him and everything. He just came to Galveston and stuff like that. Man, it was cool. But uh, I had met everybody and stuff like that. And what I didn't plan on was uh. I didn't know you got paid. You got to cut the check after the event. It took some time for the shit to get in the mail and stuff. So by the time the check came, i don't you know I didn't made it through life. You know we didn't came back home. That shot show was amazing. I made all these connections and stuff we just from working that event and whatnot. Because we just really just uh, the event was to find two new shooters never been shooting and take them shooting for the first time on this trip, and that's what we did. And They paid for everything, and it was cool. They posted on the YouTube. It was a little promo type thing. It was cool. I really enjoyed. it. But uh long story short, I go home, I'm waiting for the check and it takes like a couple weeks, it's business, So it'll take about like, two, three weeks to get the check back. So I'm thinking I'ma have that money, but I don't, so I gotta figure out how to figure it out. So when I do get it, I got a fifteen hundred dollar check. And I'm like, man, what the fuck do I do? to make myself legit business because it was fucking it was made out to chris hoodneck who the fuck is chris hoodneck my name is chris allen I like you know i'm like man chris i can't allen. cash this i can't cash this, <laughs> this really of, from, you know some social media stuff really i can't even cash this motherfucker <laughs> to do nothing with it. i had it was so man it was a that's hassle. funny man. but uh, i ended up getting it cashed and like I say, I mean I wasn't struggling for money at the time the pandemic had just fucking hit, but it was starting. It was still early pandemic. My grandpa had just passed and stuff like that. It was still early. The world had not shut down yet. But as soon as I got that check, I, I I uh I got on legal I filed for a I Did all my paperwork. Put my buddies in it who've been helping me and stuff like. So far, like on the small stuff at that time, And I put them as directors and whatnot. And I made a five hundred one c three. I spent the whole fuck. Spent the whole fifteen hundred dollars doing that shit. And uh, as soon as I did it, we went to the pandemic. And the NSSF was giving out grants. And I applied for a 10K grant in the pandemic. I got it in 5K up front, 5K the next year. I spent 5K taking people hunting, teaching them how to hunt. And you start going up. I was like, man, what? The fuck? My that's so. Cool. Dude, that's so fucking late to get
1: <laughs> get paid yeah, to I, take you know, people hunting.
2: Like, that's what it was for. The grant was like, you know, I started learning about, I started educating myself on nonprofits and stuff like that. And the grant, I was like, man, I want to take people who have never been hunting. It's, that's what they want you to do. This grant is for specifically for that shit. Like, you would that's never so be like, cool. hey, I want you to go find ten urban city kids who have never been hunting, take them. What? That's that's everybody I know. Like that, it was like
0: a like another light
2: bulb. Like, mean, I'm supposed to be this. One I'm supposed to be teaching my community. I, I, I'm
0: supposed yeah, right. to be serving my community. Like, So that's cool as hell. Man, you want to pay I,
2: I, me to do this? I you know. I don't pay myself. And you know, I start. I got my VA stuff up. I finally got to hundred. So I'm just living off my army stuff now. And I still don't pay my, I still don't pay myself. Everything we do is going to to the nonprofit. Like I'm not paying myself until we own a property and we can generate our own income, so I could sustain in- <laughs> Paying more people. Paying a you know, I want to just pay myself, I need help. I want to pay everybody. But yeah, so that just, one thing led to another, but I was getting, like, before that, that, on Instagram, she had gave me, like, a real big, uh, she was, like, one of the first people I reached out to. This was before SHOT Show and all that stuff. I had reached out to, I was like, man, can I send you a shirt? And she was like, man, I love that shit. She was like, that's badass. She told me straight up, she put that shit on, and she put out a video, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't just, you know, I'm just showing, I want her to wear it. I'm not thinking Instagram pro on, like, I'm not thinking, like, the business side of it at all. Just like man, just wear it. Out there. I know you're gonna be around people who like that shit. Just tell them about it. You know, man. She gave me a post and tagged me. And my it gave me like a little my kickstart or like Instagram like a little Kickstarter. and like a, a bunch of black people started following me who had guns and stuff and who like was really shooting and instructors and all type of shit. i was like, what the fuck is?
1: More? Well, because she's she's pretty big. I don't know. Yes. I don't know man, how big she was big. at the time, but she's like
2: she's being big. Yeah, she, she's like a she hundred thousand followers, right? She an OG. She don't even post as much now, but she one of the female OGs who really with females that was really shooting, not just doing gun buddy shit. And so many black policemen, instructors, and army vets, everybody just started falling. I was like, dude, these other motherfuckers out here. And I was like, man, I like the hood next Where Can I get a shirt? And I was like, what the? I'm like, what's going on? So oh, you know, I'm still not even thinking, like, you know, business-wise or promote or nothing. Like, I still don't even promote hood, nigga. It sells itself. Like, it's, it's eye-catching. Like, I tell people, it's fucking God's blessing, man. It's, people see it and be like, what's that? Like, it's I got a million stories from a million different people saying the same thing, and My lady don't like to wear the hood nick logo because she gets stopped, and she's like, it's you know, it's too many men coming to me, ask me, and all these women and stuff asking me, (laughs) and so she'll wear just the H N logo, the cattle brand instead of the full logo. But
0: that's cool. That's that's my favorite one, man. That's cool as hell, man. That's the first
2: logo I did. I had other little different stuff like the twelve by six was at the time I was doing different shirts to sell. I was doing the "Rather Be Judged" by twelve and carry by six with a little bullet dividing, and I was selling that. And that was a big sell for me, like a real big hit. So many people had loved that shirt, like just as much as a hood neck. And that's how we you not know, imposing uh, violence, but you, you live by the law. And I used to tell people I'm pro-cop. I'd rather be judged by that. i tell people that shit all the time, I, you know, with everybody in the black community being anti-police and shit like that. So I am like, no, yeah, we, it's good cops and bad guys, but I know they can't protect me and save me if they come to, and I ain't trying to hurt nobody. So, yeah, I'm I'm too A.
0: Worst comes to worst, I'd rather be alive than have to go deal with the consequences than be dead. Really be by I
2: don't wish that on nobody, but man, I'm I'm living for more than me. You know, I got a son, I got family. It's it's bigger than me. So most definitely I'll take that judgment. Yeah, I hear you. Start adding up, but it's still shirt money. You probably making ten dollars a shirt, four dollars a shirt. It's not a lot of money. So you gotta still so much to add up and I was just stacking everything. That's why I say man, I just got so used to not touching the money and just letting it stack up. Only to pay for myself just to get the shot show the next <laughs> Like I said, it yeah, illustrates yeah. all your <laughs> gist to get the shot show to have a room and fight and some food, just to have to do it all over again, but just make a little bit more of this time and stuff and so on and so on. and
1: Right, right, exactly.
2: I find, Once I did 501c3 stuff, I just started applying for grants and just, I really stopped applying for grants because it's so hard and I don't know nothing about grant writing. Like, you know, I'm in the furthest thing from a grant writer. I, cause I'm still trying to learn how to talk English. So, just trying to find people who can help us <laughs> with stuff and things like that. So we would just sell money and we would just, you know, fundraise and get donations and things like that. And that's what's been a big help and it's just been growing. I started fundraising for a property in 2021. I went to SHOT Show and I was like, man, had a business plan, had got a hell of a business plan drafted. What I'm trying to do, a hood neck organization, need investors, trying to get these gun companies, went to everybody you can think of with a brief taste. So I'm all, I'm all, i my like a portfolio talk to everybody you can think of when nobody's fucking with me. That was all i telling them. Whenever you get it, give us a call. Whenever you do, do it.
1: Yeah, when, yeah whenever you get it all together, then we want in, right? like can...
2: Trish, it's going to be pretty hard if you can do it. I'm like, man, y'all just don't, everything has been, I'm not supposed to be a, Y'all just don't know. This is my third shot, Yeah, I know I can get a property now. Like, I, I've been making it work. You know, I, I can feel start working in my favor. So I was just like, all right, that's cool. And end up fundraising, fundraising up to get a, I'm looking for a property. The market is so crazy, so we just got on the lease and we've been doing what we're doing, but we're still trying to buy. That's a quick little rundown. It's a rain. I know I've been talking my ass off, but yeah, that's a...
0: No, that's what we got you here for. Uh-huh. you good.
2: That's really how hooding all got started.
1: You guys have an office? You have a building? Are you doing more fundraising or have you stopped kind of worrying about grants right now?
2: Hell no, we still got a lot. We're worried about a lot of stuff. I got uh, another Zoom call with a grant writer and stuff. We're trying to get somebody to help us write these grants. And we don't have an office, but we have a building. We got a 12 by 30 shed that we put up. So we got a 15 acre property. What we're trying to create is a triple F facility is what I call it: fish farm and firearm. So um, we got a range on it. We got a little 30 by 50 yard range, uh, outdoor range. Just dug a pond on it. Uh, we're going to fill a pond up. We're going to put catfish in there. We're going to put an archery range on the property as well. Oh my
1: God, that's so cool.
2: And also a trap shooting range. So you'll be able to learn everything, learn a shooting sports as well. You can go medal for shooting. Just don't know the things you don't know. You know, basketball ain't the only way you can get a gold medal. You can Pick up one of these pistols. This is gonna be around Galveston? No, it's in Brazoria. I probably we were doing it right now is in Brazoria. We're almost up and running. I was up there today. We had made a pond just a little bit bigger and had a kind of level out the foundation on the property in the front so we can grow stuff. We just got a lot of good soil and whatnot. But we on fifteen acres, man. We got a water well, a solar well. We're kids about solar energy, water energy, all that type of stuff. We're uh, get getting the agriculture business. Been working with some people from Preview A and M, the local HBCU, and also been doing some. I've been speaking with some people from Texas A and M working on the veteran stuff like that. I'd be working my vet card and whatnot, but just trying to create like a pipeline to get more kids in the ag and stuff like that.
1: Just some background for Jordan and anyone else who's not familiar. Texas A&M is a huge state agriculture school. The biggest. Everything from like industrial farming to like small scale animal husbandry, wildlife I didn't know that at all.
2: all. Mm-hmm. A&M is the school. Everything the water side takes in. They got like a water like water science and education and stuff, but that's in Galveston. The Sea Aggies is what they're called.
1: <laughs> it's the Aggies versus the Longhorns, which is the the more traditional university of Texas.
2: So it's always UT versus A&M. Uh, PV is, is the Brooklyn Black College University, and that's the sister school A&M. That's the sister school. So it's trying to pop a pipeline into getting both schools. You can go to Texas a and because they run the ag world in Texas. Or you can know, go HBCU, and PV is the uh, Amazing agriculture and uh, mechanics school, math. Now, I don't know what the M stands for, but you know what the A stands for. It's an amazing <laughs> school for ag, you know, and that's what I'm focused on. And we've been talking to Dr. Parks, who's the agriculture business doctor there. He's been mentoring us and stuff like that. You're just trying to get it up and again, this FFA stuff and getting these 4 H programs and whatnot with these kids and the adults as well. And-,
1: and once you're hooked into that pipeline, you know, the 4 H and the university and all that stuff, I, I feel like that's going to build a lot of momentum for you guys
2: we blessed. Like, that's all I can explain it. that. We're blessed. And we just keep trying to do good. and You know, just try to do our part, put put out good karma, and just hope we'll get some good karma back in. It seems like that's what we've been getting There, like, well, You putting know, out more good karma.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's just a good way to be, man. Like, you know, you treat people right, you're hopefully going to get treated right. And it seems to be working out for you. And
2: it's true, man. You got to really live by it, though, man. That's why I say I try to be better every day. <laughs> yeah. I really do, man. You got to really live by this stuff, man. Because if you're doing bad, bad stuff going to happen. Like, if you know better, you do better. Yeah, for sure, man.
1: So you've got the properties getting set up for, you're going to be doing like education.
2: We're doing everything. We are uh, all the education side. We're going to do farmer's markets type uh, stuff. We're going to get uh, boar goats, raising board goats. But we're going to do dapple boar goats. So we're going to start selling those and breeding those. We're going to also do chicken eggs. We're going to raise chicken, rainbow eggs. So the different colors, you know, chickens is coming red, blue, green, pink speckled brown, dark brown, all that type of stuff. So we're going to raise those. Farmer's market type stuff as well as hydroponics, aquaponics, teaching the kids to grow using fish and water instead of depleting the nutrients. That's awesome. The yes, yes, Year after year, year. So Maybear, he's the guy with the dreads, with the face tattoos. You always see, he actually has his degree in biology and chemistry and is a fucking genius. He does everything from break courses, run cattle, a genius. Like biochem genius for real, for real. He's super smart. Hydropines, hydropines wind energy, water conservation, yeah, all that stuff. That's why we have a well, a well on our property right as a solar well. We don't pay any electric bill or any water or anything. We pull straight from so the earth sick. You, with the sun.
0: I gotta show him to my wife, man. I just asked her today if she would support me getting a face tattoo, and she said no. <laughs> yeah, I gotta show her. Like, I'm a huge proponent of like you could be a professional like, with tattoos. We got cool. Friends but, like this with dude's face got a face tattoos. tattoo. He's, and wise, he's he- smarter than I am
2: he used to work for the school district. He worked, he educated. Times are changing. You man. just can't judge people, I man, for real, to. for real. Like, uh, I always tell people, I like, mean, when I got into it, like, man, I used to look for people with guns and on the internet and stuff, and Cole Young was the only black guy with guns. But I'm no fucking lawyer and I'm the furthest thing from it. So it was like, Black Rambo was like, I know more people with face tats and dreads and wigs than I do that as lawyers. Like, yeah, it's a whole yeah. different relatability. You know, I got family who got face tats. I got family who got gold. My great-grandmother had gold teeth. That's like, My awesome. pastor has gold <laughs> teeth. It's a whole different, it's different, you know? It's like, this. not, nothing abnormal because they got a, no. Nah, it's, it's just different. You know,
0: I just like. People are weird and like, you know, draw conclusions because of like 80s and 90s stereotypes. You would never and, know. And, you would
2: never know who? Yeah. who no, where. you it's don't crazy. know. You it's don't crazy. know.
0: Perfect example. What's that? Dolph Lundgren, he's got, like, double PhDs in, like, nuclear physics. The dude who played the uh, the Russian in Rambo. If really? he dies, he dies. God, yeah, he's, like, a legit damn. scientist. And you tell people that, and people are like, oh, I had no idea. He just looks like some, like, ophi big dude. He just found Man. out he made more <laughs> money yeah. in yeah, fell. That's Seriously. what
2: happened. We, we had gotten invited to the R3 symposium uh, in Oklahoma about last, not this year, but last year. We were just talking to different organizations like the uh, U.S. Wildlife Department, of in the different state organizations, and we're talking to Alabama Parks and Wildlife. And it's like, man, we got a biologist and yada yada yada, and like kind of like bragging and shit. I'm like, and it clicked. I said, I got biologist too. I'm like, he got a degree. I'm like, he started. That <laughs> all biologist ain't nothing new. He probably more hands-on experience than yours. Cause he, I've seen him drive around. So maybe he's a, a hood name for real. He got a truck now, but he's have a Camaro. He used to grow watermelons in his Camaro. He used to put the seedlings and stuff like that in the front. He would water them and put his tray in his windshield, and he would grow watermelons. He had a banana tree in there. He had a, what? Man, maybe he had all types of stuff. He had a saddle from his horses in the back of his truck, all type of stuff in his, in his Camaro. Like, we grow a totally different down here. <laughs> I had to beg him to get a truck. I was like, man, I need to get a truck. I said, man. <laughs> get a Camaro when we rich, man. We can get some money one day. I need to get a truck. We all this shit around. <laughs>
0: That's uh, yeah. awesome,
2: but yeah, you will never know, man. They like, oh, what? Yeah, he got face tattoos and all this, and it highly educated, smarter than you and I. I'm so. That's serious. what I'm
0: saying. So, I mean, I'm, I'm man, not a. Know, I am not do not set heart a heart high bar, but knows. that's that's. Uh, I laugh because like I, I'm a firefighter, man. Like I just I just put wet stuff oh, man, on hot suck. stuff, but like I had to reteach myself math <laughs> to pass the test. Like I had to take Khan Academy on my Xbox to relearn division and multiplication. That was, like, oh, dude, that it was, that was on my
1: list.
2: No. I was coming out the army, man. Fire me. I was like, man, I got to figure this shit out. That was, that was on my list. I was really, I got a cousin who was a fireman as well, and I was talking to him by his department. And he's like, i make more money doing do a side job. I was like, man, I have a side job. I just want to do something, and
0: that's it. <laughs> I hear you. It's a good, it's a fun job, man.
2: Yeah, it's it seems fun, man. It's I'm getting old. Yeah, I, it's a lot of way telling you know, The army broke me down a lot. So, yeah, it was just one of those things. I was like, I don't think that'd be the best fit for me. Because I, was I looking hear you, Longevity, man. something I could do forever, you know?
0: Hey there, everybody. We hope you're enjoying the episode. If you do like what we're about and want to support us, our Patreon is a fantastic way to do so. It allows us to improve the podcast in many ways and helps fund our alcoholic coffee beverage stash to assist on those late night recording sessions. Now, you may be thinking... This podcast has me absolutely smitten and I would love nothing more than to throw money at you. But what's in it for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When you become a patron, you automatically get access to an exclusive collection of clips from the podcast, not heard anywhere else. On top of that, we have a wide range of tiers available that will get you merch, discount codes, and even free gear delivered to you monthly. For any patrons currently listening to this, we are super thankful for your support and for keeping the dream alive that one day I'll be able to meet Andrew and make sweet, sweet podcast magic with him in person. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash way to a in the episode notes for the podcast or on the link in our Instagram bio. All right, now, that's all for that. Back to the show. I got to ask you, man, because when you were talking about all this stuff in the beginning and even now, you've got so much stuff cooking. Like, how do you balance... Everything that you're doing with Hoodneck, with your family life, with like where you want Hoodneck to go, with the stuff that you're working on with the property, animals, everyone says you look like a duck, come on the outside, kicking like crazy underneath. For real, for real. You seem like you got a lot going on, but like you're handling it and doing it well.
2: Do it, don't, I remember telling my lady and stuff, you know, I got a family. The best investment I made in my life is really going to service, even though I got hurt. They still pay me today, and it helps me out a lot. Like, I'm able to take care of my son and my lady, pay my bills. You know, I don't live no fancy life or nothing, but you get the job done, and that's a sacrifice I was willing to take. You know, it hurt yourself in the back of my knee and shit still fucked up today, but I to trade That allows me a comfort to just focus on hood, and Nick. And then family, man, it's a balance. My son playing baseball ball and stuff like that. My lady, she going to Beyonce concert tonight, so I'm on daddy duty after this and stuff. So it's a lot. I take breaks from hood, Nick, because it's the most consuming thing and I put most of my energy in. So that's the thing. I take the break for the most. Social media is draining. You got to take real breaks. You got to really put that shit down. Oh,
0: dude, I'm all about I that. I have
2: notifications on my phone or anything and stuff like that. Like I try to be away from social media. I try not to live online. I know it's not real life.
0: I got to work
1: on that.
2: But I know if you pay attention too much to it, it's consuming. Right? That's the goal. You want to sell. You don't want to be the buy. You want to sell people. We're so used to being a consumer. Like, what do I want to get you to see? And I apply that same aspect on promoting hood net so, I was like, what do people want to see? I know I share a lot of shit people could care less about, but I know I do share stuff that people like to see and enjoy. Bro, I love your page. I know what to share to get some people to turn up. I know what to do. Social, I've been doing this for a while. I grew up on social media. I remember time before. I remember having to go to the library to get on the internet. I remember not having a computer. I remember having to take a pack of CDs from Blockbuster. When we finally did get a computer to get the AOL, three month drive. Yes. I remember all that. I grew up on the internet. I remember all the dial-up, can't be on the phone. Oh, I remember life before social media. It was a hard childhood, but I had a lot of fun. I got to experience a lot of shit. I probably grew up a little too fast, but it made me appreciate the things I got to see. You know, I took keys and, you know, so it's different from people. They get consumed being like everybody, my friends, family, everybody. I see it in them. I can tell them, especially my sister. Social media is a motherfucker. Social media is not natural. No, definitely not. Technology is not natural. We can live with it, but we can't live off it. You got to learn the balance between the two. You spend enough time outside, you're like, yeah, I got to get outside. That scene is real. You can get outside more. Absolutely. You learn so much about life being outside. About life and death is outside. <laughs> like in the wild and stuff, it's so much.
0: We were just talking about this because a better way to a, I did my first public thing a couple of weeks ago. I went to a fair, I set up a pop-up tent kind of thing. But it was like a big deal for me. I'd never done that before. And it was only to generate leads. Like we didn't sell anything. But my big takeaway from it was that I went into it thinking that I was going to be fighting with people. thinking that like people were going to be arguing and yelling and stuff like that and it was overall like a crazy positive experience and what I've been telling people is like you got to get off the internet you got to go out and talk to people you got to go out and like make real friends in the community and that you want to improve in like the hobbies that you enjoy doing meet people do stuff like this and I think you are a perfect example and like what you've done with Hoodneck is a perfect example of how stereotypes need to be broken and how things are not like I was saying earlier, you can't put people in a box. And I think people get way too comfortable because of the things they experience on the internet, mm-hmm. assuming that people are like that in real life. Mm-hmm. I dance a fine line. I know the stereotype. I play into them. I let
2: you think something negative, and I give you something positive back. So I don't have to judge you. I let you judge yourself. So it's the perfect example. When NRA came to Texas, Houston with we had got donated a booth. Somebody had to cancel because they had certain things to make it. That's like, I don't know way have it. So that's the first booth ever, anything. Never had a pop up booth, nothing. We went to the soul straight saying, Man, I raised a fucking convention. Man, <laughs> so many looks, people walking by, men and women, oh, nose yeah. up, had a banner, had got a banner made and stuff like that. So many people would walk by, you know, I'm telling you, Mayberry got dreads and face tats, you know, I got my hair and stuff. You can't imagine the looks was getting. But some people would stop by, women would keep walking by and be like, All right, I'm curious, tell me about Hoodneck. So I explained to him, I'm like, "hood naked is a, you know, we're from the hood with a bridge between two stereotypes that society tries to separate. And we're here to put an end to all negative stigma placed upon them. And I go down and break down some army vid, and I do all this. By the end of that conversation, we love that. Can you tell my husband what you just told me? And then they come over, can we donate? We don't want a shirt, we just want to donate.
0: That's awesome. Some people buy shirts, and the
2: people who do know me, we drew a little crowd and stuff. So people was like, hey, who are y'all? People come like, "Who the fuck are y'all?" Why do people keep coming over here? Like, why are everybody talking to y'all? What's up? We just telling them. Just doing the gospel. Was to it. Was like the preach like the gospel. Hood that gospel. People, men, women. I ain't never got that many looking at us. Like it was crazy, man. Look was crazy. Like for real. For I wish we could have had a camera just to hold it. But curiosity kills a cat. It works. It works. Go somewhere where you don't belong.
0: One hundred percent.
2: I ain't scared of nobody for real. For that's why I went where I Yeah, I'm good. I ain't worried about them when they make sales this one shirt is a plus. If I can sell one shirt, i right, We almost sold a lot in our NRA commission. It totally changed the way I saw a lot of you know, the world. You gotta put yourself out, they judging me, I'm judging them. I'm doing the same thing back.
1: It still takes a little bit of grit to get out there.
2: Hell yeah, that takes balls. But some motherfuckers don't give a fuck. Everybody ain't fucking with the gospel,
0: though. <laughs> some people are fucked up and proud of it. They're not changing at all. They're going to their grave like that.
2: Oh, yeah, straight to your face at NRA convention. I'm telling you, we talking to them. Oh, I don't know. All right, man, we're going to holler at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you what you're looking for. You get that. You got to be able to have yourself. It's one of those things, especially being in the two-way industry. The military taught me a lot because it's so diverse. You really got to say, fuck it, man. we all the same. I'm not in the service now, but a lot of America talks to these troops for our troops. Give me my respect. Even though I have my uniform, I sacrifice. I can tell you real sacrifices during a time frame, I can tell you you're probably making memories with your family. Stuff like that. Give me my respect. I ask for nothing. I curse a little bit. I don't curse nobody else. Let me say that I won't as long as I ain't got no ill will and my benefits for my son and my respect. I don't need nothing else from the service, you know? That's yeah. so why I carry myself when I speak to people. We I mean, don't need more of this. Well, you don't like what I do. If well, I had this uniform on, you wouldn't be
0: telling me that shit. That's so funny, man. You see me
2: slanging these big-ass rounds, blowing this shit up. You would not
0: be saying nothing. That's the thing about people putting others in boxes. Like, you've got a mm-hmm. uniform on, and they respect you. And the second you take that uniform off, you're just a black dude with a gun. I saw that, man. That's why I
2: tell you, decompressing from the military, man. That was the most thing I ever got in my life. You go from nothing to something, and the world makes you feel like something. you're doing something bigger than you. It really is a self service. You're doing something way bigger than you. So that comes with the self dignity and self-respect. You start to feel yourself as you should, man. I'm a community man. Any community man should be proud that he's a community man and stand up. That's
0: how I feel. That's excellent, man.
2: Because you're a part of my community. I ain't kicking nobody out. You don't, you saying you don't want to fuck with me.
1: Right, let them kick themselves out. Yeah, (laughs) I ain't
2: open arms, giving out hugs and shit. I give out money. (laughs) Yeah, we buy Christmas gifts and I spend more money on other people's kids than I do for mine for Christmas. We spend so much money on books and backpacks and some school drives. We've been doing that three years in a row. Fourth year was this year and we got to help out in Atlanta with a black man build group passing our backpack. So that was big for us. So we got two cool. you know, two backpack drives in two different states. Yeah, Trying to do a turkey drive this year for Thanksgiving. Hopefully we can do another even bigger mm-hmm. Christmas drive this year. So, you know, you can kiss my ass. If you don't like what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, That's a great attitude to have, man, because, you know, you're going to have salty people regardless of whether you're succeeding or failing. So when you're doing your thing, you might as well just concentrate on you. Keep your head down. Yeah. Steam forward and... They're going to be there regardless of whether you win or lose, and they're not going to support mm-hmm. you when you win, so fuck them.
2: For real, for real. That's so why I tell some people not trying to do stuff in the industry. I say, man, you know you would be a fool to think everybody's going to like what you're doing. So if you know that from the beginning, you shouldn't have any expectations. You should, oh, that's just don't fuck with me as normal. Cool. On to the next. Same thing. That's how I have this company and stuff. I know Nick is not a line where everybody's two late, even though I'm super too it and I'm not doing nothing wrong. I don't align with everybody's shit. They tell me no after no every year. Show I, I go? And I, and I try and I try and I try and I try and I try. And they tell me no. And they're like, yeah. And then they tell me no.
0: <laughs> they tell you no to what?
2: Whatever I'm trying to do, it help. Oh, yeah, Every yeah. year, you know, I'm growing, so it's always something different. We just did a gun-lock giveaway mm-hmm. with the mayor of Galveston, police chief of Galveston, myself, the CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and the Project Child Safe mission that the NSSF pushes. All me. All the reason it was in Galveston, I brought everybody together on this event. Galveston's is a low-income, high-gun area off the statistics that it showed, and I can most definitely fucking believe that shit. That's my family. I've been there. I'm from there. I know the low-income, high-gun area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably got a couple guns and no fucking money. I know I've been there. It's not like it's a fucking horrible setup to have. That's why we out here giving our gun like just promoting safe and responsible gun storage. And- that was a big thing for us to have us all on one accord from getting tickets and stuff like that to got the police chief building a relationship with him. i trying to figure out what he can do and stuff with us to build more unity within the community and whatnot as well. So it's different stuff.
0: It took us a while to figure out that the best way to go about dealing with haters is to ignore them or to use it as fuel, man. Feed me your hate. I feed off of your seething. man. <laughs> <laughs> you get people that talk to you. How do you know when someone is salvageable and when you just got to, like, kick somebody to the curb? Because I know there are some people out there who misunderstand the situation or who are ignorant to the stuff that you're trying to do. But there are some people who are just genuinely hard-headed and don't want to understand also.
2: i always going to be the best teacher. It just ain't their time. I'm probably just a person on their journey and stuff like that. Whatever conversation they have, when they do to learn that lesson, they're going to come back to this moment, whatever it may be, whatever I may have be, been trying to help them on. Whatever Eureka moment. Everybody had a Eureka moment different in life. I don't feel like my brain turned on until I was twenty five, but I'm only thirty two now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck yeah. I used to be thinking. <laughs> and I see that in old people as well. We hunt and stuff, so I'm always the youngest guy around a lot of old people. I'm a man, and I stand on that shit. And I don't like being aggressive against older men and stuff. But when I have to, man, it bothers me. It bothers me. But of course, yeah, sure, man. It's just that thing, man. It's just one of those. you Got to be a man. <laughs> That's
0: one of the things that we're definitely no strangers to. It's funny that when you come out and trying to do something good and help a community, people automatically twist what you're doing and turn it into something weird because they don't want to take the time to understand it and stuff. And Andrew has been instrumental in dealing with a lot of these troll type accounts that'll come on and say stuff. (laughs) Just like, you know, not contribute to conversations (laughs) and whatnot. (laughs) Our whole thing from the beginning was we want gun culture to be more open and accepting to people. Literally everyone shouldn't be excluding anybody.
1: We've got, like, a good cop, bad cop thing sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes.
1: Jordan's very positive. He's very inclusive and positive. And I get on Instagram grumpy sometimes. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I've got my personal account, but the thing is, like, my personal account says head silly boy at A Better Way to a So, like, I can't even go on my personal account and talk shit because people are just going to know it's me. I got to be professional because I've got the logo. Man, I only got the hood nigga
2: account. That's what I'm saying. I already know what you mean, in the beginning, man, I was getting everything. Hood niggas right in the middle. I used to get black people say, oh, he on that Uncle Tom Coon shit. And I used to get white people to be like, he on that nigga shit. So it was coming from both sides. You not doing more than I'm doing for my community. That's it. You can't fuck with me on that. I get back to my And I practice giving without expecting things in return. Like I say, good karma. I practice that shit. You can say all you want, what you doing? And I go from there. You can make me shut up and I shut up. I don't have no problem setting up. Like, I'm a man. I stand up, I'm wrong, I'm
0: wrong, I'm right, I'm right. Gotta make me be right. Gotta make me be wrong. 100%, man. I'm super ignorant when it comes to hunting. I've never hunted before. It's something I've always wanted to get into.
1: Yeah, same. We're actually not hunters. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've just never hunted before. I would love to do it. How do hunting and conservation go hand in hand? Because I think a lot of people think about... I know it's a situation in places like Texas that people in Connecticut really have no concept of. But people typically see people hunting and they're like, Oh, you're killing animals, that's bad for the environment. I know that's not the case.
2: No, nah, we bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, I hear that. So root word conservation to conserve is the root word. Uh conserve. We're growing the most unnatural thing is to grocery shop. Grocery shopping isn't natural. I ain't supposed to five off the land and stuff like that. We didn't come on this world with grocery stores and money and buying stuff. So we went out there going to get our own fruits and vegetables and hunting down our animals and fishing as well. As we grow in society, we take up more land and animals still populate and they still grow. As their space decreases and our increases, they either are on our property and they become a danger to us or they begin diseases and stuff like that and become super unhealthy and spread amongst the whole population and spread off to other animals and fuck up other plants and circle of life. You know, it's an invasive species is invasive for a reason because they throw off the chain, you know, circle of life or whatever it may be. Just to concern, so if you want certain plants, you manage them. People think conservative is not killing or not eating it. You have to manage them. People are out there taking care of planting and growing and doing this and making sure they're not hunted during a certain time of the year. The best time that they have the best chance for survival is when you can hunt them. That's why we have the state laws and seasons and stuff like that. So we don't shoot during breeding seasons and all those other things. There's so many different things, especially in Texas. So a big import is cattle. Texas has a hog problem. Hogs are an invasive species. We got 5 million minimum hogs running around in Texas. And hogs don't do nothing but eat up roots. Can't grow nothing with no roots. Cattle eat grass. Can't grow no grass, no roots. Smaller cow, less money. Less money. You know how that go. Or I got to spend more money on feed to feed that cow to keep up. I'm spending millions of dollars on that. Or if we want to grow something, I can't grow fruits and vegetables because the hogs eat those as well. We got deer, we got other animals that eat a lot of this stuff that the hogs eat roots. We can't grow that in our roots. Conservation. Gotta hunt these damn hogs. Can't grow shit. Can't have no fruit. <laughs> you know, you just don't think of it until you put it together. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, it's more people. We need more food. We need more food when our population is growing. So we need more farms and stuff like that. That's just gonna be another hub for animals to thrive and things like that. But you have to protect your farm and things. That's your money, that's your livelihood. So you gotta be managed. It's just conservation. It's just Texas. I don't know. You know, every state may have something different or like a different issue.
1: Oh, for sure. I also just want to note for people listening at home that are like anti-hunting or whatever, the hogs here are not like a natural part of the environment.
2: They imported from Spain hundreds of years ago, and they bred like crazy. They're not pigs. and Like people don't eat pork and stuff and shit yeah, like Yeah, they're that.
0: not like little pink pigs.
2: They're boars. They're hairy, hard, will kill you if they could. Hundreds of pounds, three hundred, four hundred pounds. You hear stories about people killing thousand pound pigs, all type of stuff.
1: And that's the other thing too is they can interbreed with your livestock pigs, uh huh, ruin your sort of genetic pool, exactly. And they out here tanned up. You get a whole herd of sows pregnant with wild hog children instead of the actual valuable livestock that you want.
2: And I feel like they can have up to twelve babies every three months, if I'm not mistaken, and they mature. That's insane. I've heard that. So you got this. Pig, mouth. <laughs> pig math. Too many. I always say chicken math? We do chicken math, goat math. That's pig math. Yeah.
1: Chicken math is when your wife starts bringing up chickens and <laughs> lies to you about how many she has. You ask her how many chickens you got. And she's like, oh, like 10. You look outside and you see like 30 chickens. <laughs> that's chicken math. <laughs> that's
0: a thing?
2: Yeah. Chicken math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. That's pig math. And that grows. So that's crop. So we can't grow stuff. And I said, that really throw off our imports. And we're growing. We're taking up more land, so that's just putting more animal in our habitat, in human habitats. We're taking up more space to grow stuff, so we're not growing as much. It's just a lot, you know. It's a big need for farmers and uh, agriculture in America right now. The U.S. to say if the average farmer is sixty six, and he's retiring within the next five years. And the average hunter is fifty five, and he'll be done hunting within the next five years. And their generation isn't passing on; their children don't want to do it. As I say, our tax dollars from hunting and two way, everything gun related goes to the agriculture and conservation. Ammo, all that stuff goes to ag if you didn't know. So that tax that you pay on everything two way related goes to agriculture and conservation. That's what funds our agriculture and conservation. That's why two way is so important because that tax. It's just stuff like that people don't know. You know, it's just don't make that connection. You know, our tax dollars go to specific stuff. Your gun tax goes to agriculture conservation. Hunting and wildlife, that's why they encourage more hunters. We need more hunters. We need more hunters. The more people we have survived on the the more upkeep, the more money we have for upkeep to take better, manage more. We need more hunters. We need more. Even the same thing with anglers and fishing as well. We need these fisheries and stuff like that—different ponds, lakes, streams, rivers, creeks. That water wildlife is very important. Water retention, water quality—all that stuff is very important to our habitat. Super important. My tax dollars going. So that's what we fishing apparel, all that stuff, fishing line, fences, All that's
0: going right on the ad. That's wild to think, because it's almost like. Counterintuitive to think that you need to fish and hunt in order to preserve wildlife. But I think a lot of people don't think that these species without human intervention, certain species, not obviously all of them, certain ones are harmed by us, but certain species without human intervention would overrun native populations of other animals, plants, and that would fuck up the ecosystem.
2: For real, for real.
1: So that's like hunting and conservation, right? But like agriculture too is really important to biodiversity. Because if you think about it, it's like cows and a lot of species of goats and chickens would not exist if people didn't want to eat them. No, not at all. If everybody tomorrow was a vegetarian, in like a couple of years there would be no cows on this planet. The end of the world. Yeah. And so like that's a huge loss to the biodiversity of this planet and the sort of byproducts that you need to get from these animals for the environment.
2: Yeah. We're on the same page as all that, man. So we're trying to teach and show people, man. I remember it's likes and I know a lot of things you don't know. I just try to find the same concept when going forward and whatnot and showing people. We're almost there, man. So we're going to get these goats and chickens soon. I'm going to get some cattle after that. After we can make some money off these goats and chickens, <laughs> just using one, you know, like a little stepping stool.
0: Yeah, for sure, man.
1: And are you going to do game and livestock processing there too while we're on that subject? Oh, yeah. We're doing
2: it all. I don't know if y'all familiar with Jesse Griffiths, but he's an award-winning chef. He did a couple of guest appearances on Meat Eater, but he's down in Austin, and I connected with him. And he's like a, a American cuisine chef, so wild game is just like specialty. He's an amazing butcher, and I want to do like host a class on teaching people how to process animals. So every single cut that you can process get gets your maximum yield because that'll be your maximum dollar when you're butchering and stuff like that. So many butchers now miss out on money because just don't know the cuts. They know their basics and stuff like that, and that's good enough for them. You can be making so much more. You cannot be struggling. And, you know, you don't know the things you don't know. But we're going to be processing everything in-house. So we're hunting Ed and struggling with Texas Park and Wildlife. And we're hunt masters as well with Texas Hunt Youth Program. So we're trying to be certified on the paywalls to get out, you know, try to do everything, by the book, so nobody can deny us on anything. We're almost there. we two properties over from a wildlife refuge, too. So we get a ton of deer, man. It's just so hot right now. We dug this pond. We ain't filled it up yet. We're just hoping for a rain so it can let the ground settle a little bit more. We had got a little rain and we had a little puddle in there. And we seen some more hoof prints in there, so we know they're coming by there for water and stuff. We get all type of deer coming over from the wildlife refuge. Gonna do some boat hunting as well on there. We're we'll to be live, man. We're just trying to help him get stuff done, man, before the season get too big.
0: Yeah.
1: Well man, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it when it's done. Yeah,
0: y'all have to pull up on us. If Andrew goes there, I'll take a trip down and come with him. All right, that's too easy. I'm gonna hold y'all to it. Absolutely, man. I don't make promises I don't keep unless I forget about them and then you have to remind me. But that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't purposefully not keep. I don't make promises I intentionally don't keep.
1: <laughs> no, it's only like a five-hour drive, I think, from here.
0: You in San
2: Antonio?
1: Yeah, San Antonio. No, it's only three. three. Oh, that's right. Three, because yeah, it's, it's right over
2: Houston. Yeah.
0: I love Texas, man. We were talking about this earlier, I think, before you got on, Andrew, with Texas being so big. I was like, yeah, I'll fly down to Andrew and we'll just like hop, skip, and a jump over to see Chris. <laughs> No, minimum three hours shit. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I like San Antonio, man. San Antonio is one
2: of my favorite parts of Texas. It's a of diverse. It's a pretty cool place. It's almost oh, it's, its own vibe, man.
0: It's real tex mix.
1: It's like a bunch of small towns smushed together. Yeah. <laughs> into a big town.
0: San Antonio, cool. We got to have tacos when I come out there, man. Andrew keeps talking about San Antonio tacos. And, you got to get some
2: beer, or your tacos. You had beer or your tacos before?
1: That got popular in California and just kind of caught on here in San Diego. Them
2: motherfuckers be eating down here, boy. They be making them birria tacos. I be making them up.
1: Birria is like, they cook beef. It's like chuck, I think, in this like, uh, they call it consomme. But it's not like beef consomme like Campbell's. It's like a really flavorful stew broth made with like peppers. And they cook this chuck down until it's like falling apart. And then they'll put the meat on the taco. And then they like drizzle some of the fucking broth on it. Mm-hmm. And they'll do, like, quesadillas where they'll, like, soak the tortilla in the broth and then, like, Damn. put the cheese on it. Have you ever had a horchata before? No. Yeah, dude. That's like, oh, you oh, yeah, thought you were talking to me. Oh,
0: man. Oh, wait. That's the drink, right? Yes. It's like the white drink. <laughs> the white drink. <laughs> it's white, right? It looks like milk almost. It's rice milk. It's
1: made from rice and cinnamon.
0: Yeah. I've had that long time ago. I, looking, I love horchata. I had a boss who would bring that in on Christmas.
1: Costco near us sold it two-pack, but it was a horchata concentrate. And you just mix it with water. It's like the drink, but like condensed down into just like a sugary paste. So you just mix it with water. Was it good? Yeah, it's good. It's like a one liter bottle that makes four gallons of horchata if you mix the whole thing. Holy shit. <laughs> We're still working on it because I don't drink that much. Give me some of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to refrigerate it because it's so sugary and dense. Like nothing grows oh, in there. Oh yeah,
2: I think I need to grab some. I love horchata so much.
0: All right. So we got to talk about politics for like a hot second. Okay. I want to talk about food too, man. I've got dinner coming up in a little bit, but we've got to talk about politics because we've got such a good opportunity with you being here. I don't know how political you get. Like I hate politics, but we're forced to be involved in it because of what we're into. Unfortunately, Connecticut's like a really interesting situation because we had Sandy Hook here and it's a crazy emotional situation for a lot of people still like reasonably so. But You get a lot of people who have never been confronted with violence in their lives. Sandy Hook happened and they feel connected to it, but have never had to think about defending themselves before. So to them, passing anti gun legislation is like a simple choice because to them, again, doing so would protect children. We know that's not the case. That's not how it works. But for people like you, you grew up in a place where you said that having a gun was a normal thing and like you need to protect yourself. That's something that a lot of people, especially up here in like the more like rich liberal areas of the state don't have a concept of. Is there any part of you that thinks that we should be reaching out to these people or is there anything that you do to work on that kind of relationship there or is it okay to just treat these people like we treat the rest of the haters and just say like, if you're not for what I'm doing, then I'm not about that.
2: So everybody has their right. If you don't want to defend yourself, that's a right as well, but your right doesn't Upholding other people's rights. Those who want to protect themselves, let them. Those who don't, do You'll find a reason to want to. And you'll go from there. That's why I even give after Like, man, you say Benton, I get it. You ain't experienced it. You're blessed. I've experienced that and make you feel like you have to protect yourself. The world is real, man. I'm glad you still have that 10 on it. But some gonna come. The world is gonna have to play. Everybody's just, like I said, that light bulb hit different for everybody. Man. I saw my first murder when I was four. My great grandmother's uh, backbone of our family. She carried guns. She took a loan from the mob and Gallops and started a barbershop. My grandma was a gangster for real, for real. <laughs> it's different for different people. It's stuff to protect you. You might want to protect it. Some people feel like they can't take a life. Man, it's different folks, different folks for real on that. Just don't let it impose, like when it comes to politics here, yeah, because it's, it's your surroundings. Texas is different, man. You know, Texas is a big place. There's always stuff going on. Even if you in a nice area, it's something. You know, people take, we live in a world of good and bad. It's life, man. People forget that. Don't stop me from protecting mine be born with that right. It's one really the enableable rights self-preservation to so all have a right to protect yourself.
1: Texas is especially bizarre in its expression of gun rights. And we talked about this on a previous episode. So like nobody in Texas could carry a gun until 1994. Could carry a handgun, I mean. Anybody could carry a shotgun or a rifle. Nobody could carry a handgun. There was no concealed carry permits until 1994 for handguns. And the way that I had learned this was that this was a post-Civil War era law that they justified at the time by saying what's on record is they didn't want Confederate officers carrying around their, like, officers' pistols.
2: Aw, they didn't want no slaves carrying around pistols. we got gun laws.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason why. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at it, it's like, okay, so this is the era of the lynching. This is the era of, like, the lynch mob from, like, post-Civil War all the way up to civil rights. So you're allowing people to openly carry guns, rifles and shotguns, which are the weapon of choice of lynch mobs, and you are telling people they cannot carry handguns, which is a defensive weapon, something you can tuck away and have in a pinch, right? And so it's like, if you're looking at it logically, regardless of what people wrote down about it at the time, which could be bullshit, right? Because people lie. We know this, especially when they're trying to like, get racist laws on the books. Uh-huh. People lie. But like, logically, it's the only thing that makes sense was that they didn't want former slaves. They didn't want African-Americans carrying handguns to protect themselves. And so it's like everything that we do in Texas with like guns, anything that anybody proposes for gun control has this sort of specter of post-Civil War racism hanging over it. Whether it's an expression of gun rights and gun culture or it's a desire for gun control, they both have their roots in wanting to sort of manipulate the situation into like rich whites' favor. It's really tough. But I guess I just wanted to say that like I appreciate that you're kind of like separate from all of that Kind of like taking ownership of gun culture and being yeah. like, this is for me, this is for us.
2: You don't want it, then that's on you. Because it's easy for us to do. Yeah. <laughs> Army, it's a self service man. Everybody believes in something. Every person believes in something separate, something that the Knicks don't believe in, man. self service man. If you fight for that right, if you really believe in what you were doing, the mission and stuff like that, your core values, so well, if you don't, man, it's people who will, and like, man, you got to think it's people who go out here and it could be in a bad situation, they'll lay down and I think when 9-11 and people jumping out of towers and stuff like that, people are willing to, they're willing, you know, it's crazy. It's fucked up to say, but it's the truth.
1: That's the other thing too that I was trying to get at, but I kind of lost it, was that all of the people that went from like anti-gun to at least like accepting guns, in my experience, had like a light bulb moment where it was like something happened to them. I'm anti-gun, I'm anti-gun, you don't need guns, nobody needs guns, guns scare me, and then something happened to them, and they're like, now I get it. Either I want a gun or, like, I understand why you carry a gun. Mm-hmm. So many stories like that. And I wish that there was a better way to just, like, skip that, right? Skip that step. So people don't have to have something bad happen to them before they understand it.
2: That's the unfortunate part, man. That's why self-education and how you teach your kids about it. I tell people, black people, I. so when it comes to guns, you treat them just like you do when you raise your kids. You teach your kids to respect you. Teach your kids to not fear you. If your kids fear you, they'll grow up and they're either going to whoop your ass or they're going to be scared of you. If you do that same principle with guns, that's why I teach your kids to respect you and not fear you. Do the same thing with guns, you teach them to respect guns and not fear them because if they grab guns when they grow up, they're going to use them as tools of fear or they're going to be scared of them and be like, I don't want to be near them. I don't want to do nothing and be able to be easily intimidated and fearful when it comes to it. That's why it's all about respect. I love that, man. That's what it comes down to. It's all about respect and not fear. If you want it to be tools of fear, from a household where it's seen as tools of fear, and that's what should be sought as. That's what I'm saying. My great grandmother carried a pistol, and she was a one in my family, but nobody else did. My mom, my auntie, my uncle, nobody
1: else. They were anti gun as hell. That's fucking metal, though.
2: Yeah, but the person who we got everything for carried that strap. She left us guns when she passed. So it was a conflict, and I saw that as a child. She's the boss.
1: <laughs> like, hey, how does that? Taking responsibility for it. Yeah, my
2: great grandma is the brave one of the family. He got a gun.
1: That was like before 1994, right? She had that shit
2: forever, like way before me. I was born in ninety one.
1: <laughs> she was doing that to protect herself, to protect her family, knowing full well that that was a felony in Texas. Oh
2: yeah, she shot somebody with it and everything. She used to run a barbershop, the first black-owned female barbershop in Galveston. Galveston used to have a Navy port and an Army port where they used to come in off the ships and stuff, and she used to cut their hair. And she would rent out the rooms above the barbershop. Those old Victorian homes and stuff all over Galveston, so that's what the business shop was for. And somebody wanted to pay the rent one day, and she told me he had to go. And he tried to fight her, and she shot his ass. We kept the gun and everything. <laughs> she worked with the mob, She took a loan from the mob to start her barbershop, and she paid them back. And she used to cut their hair. They used to give her business advice and stuff like that.
1: That's cool as hell. She carried
2: guns, yeah, for real, for real. The family's still around today.
1: Before anybody judges about taking a loan from the mob, I want to remind people that this was a time where it was very difficult for black women to get loans from banks.
2: Hell yeah. She was the first black barbershop owner in Galveston, history. This was years ago, years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. She's doing what she had to do, man. I have a lot of respect for that. That's
2: fucking my birth grandma was a boss. Everything we got to the family house, we got to her. She didn't pass so I was in the ninth grade, so I got to spend a lot of life with her.
0: That's excellent, man. We get so much from our elders. For real, for
2: real. We get everything from them. Yeah, literally everything. (laughs) That's what I feel like.
0: (laughs) My grandma died. She was 102 years old, man. She died a couple months ago, and she was like the matriarch of the family. She came over here, escaped Nazi Germany with like nothing, like Backpack. My great-grandfather,
2: he's a German love child. His name is Adolf Stern. He died in 98. He died when I was seven. He was half black, half German. His grandfather was a famous German poet. Wow. He was a love child. Yeah, we got a whole family. If you look up L. Stern, he's my grandfather's brother, but he's one of the founders of the Houston Civil Rights Movement. But he wrote a book about my family. Just look up his book. I don't want to misquote the title of it. He just passed a couple years ago, but he wrote a book about our family. No blood is my kind, and no kind is my. It's a tricky title, but it's the book that explains our family history and goes into his history and stuff like that as well. But L. Drewy Stearns is his name. That's my family name. It's German for star. As I tell people, my family's German for real, for real. My mom's name is Stearns.
1: What was his name?
0: L. Drewy Stearns. That's awesome, man. I'm definitely going to look that up. History is wild. We've got a framed, I guess you can call it a photo. It's my wife's family tree in our dining room. It was given to us by her grandmother. So it goes up to her mom. So my wife's not in it. Our kid's not in it. But we want to continue it. And we want to do the same thing with my family on the other side because it goes back 10 generations. It's nuts. Like this thing is cool and it's all visualized. And I really think like to appreciate where you are, you have to know where you came from.
2: hmm Know where you came from and spending
0: time with them. I never hoped to have to deal with the stuff that our previous generations had to deal with, like first-generation immigrants and stuff like that. Ah, uh, Who you telling you? I'm black. I don't want to do it. I'm
2: afraid <laughs> yeah. it'll be a long day, man. It'll be... The... <laughs> so I'm so grateful. I tell people all the time, you, man. man. I
0: wouldn't have made it. Not at all, man. I already know. I wouldn't have lasted in a concentration camp. I would have punked out. There's no way I'd be one of those people they make a movie about.
2: The saddest movie i ever seen was The Boy in a Striped Pajama. Yeah, it's a sad movie. It's a great movie, but the saddest movie i ever seen in my life.
0: Totally unrelated here, but like, how do you feel about they make a movie about Holocaust stuff and people are like, it's really sad, really sad. And then every time they make a movie about slavery, people say, oh, why don't we just get over it? Because it's too fucking real a <laughs> yeah. face. How fucking yeah. weird is that?
2: The Holocaust in here, right here, like they talk about Hitler and Holocaust and stuff like that over there, like it's like forbidden. So what's over here? Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. they talk yeah. about slavery like
0: a motherfucker over there. But there, it's like the swastika is outlawed in Germany because it's like they're ashamed of it. The Confederate flag not outlawed here. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, granted, you know, we've got freedom of speech and all that fun stuff. But like, I mean, that's the same thing for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, it's a lot, man. I wish I had the answer. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? You just don't know, man. British bill. I know we come from. I know we got a long way to go. I'm from Texas. Texas is just as racist as it is. Uniting. I've seen racism, I've been in the racism in the military. I've seen it all. Man, I got a real deep dive into racism. Man, one of my favorite NCOs has a, a federal flag going across his tattoos, man. He's one of my favorite NCOs, man. I really got to sit down and talk to him. Like, you know, you don't know the things you don't know. Like, I know what it's like. You know, just get perspective, man. I feel like that's the most important thing that a lot of people don't have is perspective. To put yourself in someone's point of view to see life, man, what would it really be like? I've met people in the service like, man, I ain't not meet black people until I got in the army. I've met people who was like, man, I'm from the city. I didn't see a tree till I got in the army. <laughs> Perspective is everything for everybody. You know, I didn't hang around. I had white friends growing up in Galveston, but that's Galveston. Everybody white got black friends in Galveston. It's Galveston. So many black people going out into the world. College kind of don't have any white friends. I didn't go out to the world. And, you know, coworkers and stuff like that, but I wasn't just refraining around having any white brothers at all. I got a few white brothers and stuff now, you know, like them, my brothers. Their family, their mom, I tell their moms happy birthday, their dad's happy birthday. Their parents send me stuff for my son when she was pregnant with him and stuff like that. Like, them family, like, I didn't, I didn't have that shit. And I see it, it's eye open. Like, I know it's both sides. I Like I said, I know I ain't for everybody. I know that. So, you know, try to apply that same thing.
0: Well, you're killing it, man.
2: And I'm trying, man. I wish I'd get more nose than a lot of people think, too. The hood and the hood, and they turn off a lot more people than people realize. Yeah. And I get I'm it. Sure. I understand it. It's super scary. Even to some black people, it's scary. All black people not from the hood. And it's a lot of white people. I got Asian friends, white people from the hood. I got rednecks from Mississippi. I got a redneck, red bone, moonshine drinking uncle from Mississippi. Drink moonshine by the gallon. I he introduced me to moonshine. When I used to drink, I used to drink moonshine straight. Back roads, Mississippi moonshine. The difference. You can start to call with that shit for real, for real. You always hear that saying, a real hell you your chest."
0: <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. All right, you gotta give me a vocab lesson here, man, because I was under the impression that red bone was a light-eyed, beautiful black woman from the South.
2: You're close, you're not off. Most fair-skinned, pretty-eyed women will be red bone. My base tone is red. If you look at my skin, it's a red base tone. I'm brown-skinned, but it's a reddish brown, if anything. So if you see a light skin if she's yellow bone, she's not going to have that red tone. If she light-skinned with pretty eyes and stuff like that, I understand, her base tone will be red. It's more probably my son's a sandy brown. His mom's brown. She's a yellow-brown, like our base tone. He a sandy brown for me, having a red base tone, his mom being a yellow brown. Like, you know, it's just DNA and stuff. It's just the same thing with black people. Yeah, yeah. You got red bones, you got dark skin, you got fair skin. Some people even be albino and stuff like that. But not really albino. They're just so fair, they look like you, but they're black. And they'll call them albino and not a true albino. But yeah, the red bone is just, it don't matter the eye color. It's just her base oh, Okay, bone. okay. It will be the base tone of her skin. She might be a brown red bone. She would be a light skin red bone. Dark skin, red bone be a brown red bone. Can't be dark skin and red bone because the red is not gonna show through the melatonin in the skin. Black math, you know, it's different, <laughs> man. <you know? laughs>
0: I gotta start putting math afterwards more. Yeah, when you try to explain <laughs> yeah. stuff,
2: that's how I do it.
0: I appreciate that, man. I definitely don't know everything. I don't even know a lot compared to some people.
2: You know, we all come in different shades. I'm pretty sure Hispanic people can explain their tones and stuff better. And White people can probably explain their tones and stuff better. And African people can explain their tones a lot better.
0: My tone's just pale as fuck. That's but it's my different
2: tone. Different type of pale. Like, you know, even because black people get pale and stuff, too. When black people get pale, they look sick,
1: sick. I'm not as pale as my sister. My <laughs> sister, is Sarah, she glows in the sun.
2: I was in the army with a guy named Steele. His name was George Steele. Short little guy, platinum blonde, natural hair. His skin was pale and he had platinum blonde Hard hair. to look at. Whole oh, deployment, he was red from sunburn. He was always and stuff, man. Deployment was hard for him. His scalp was peeling. I was like, oh, man, that's like skin cancer. Like, you got to get out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is you probably had
0: down. it all over. If I'm out in the sun for, like, more than 45 minutes, I've got to wear, like, a large brim hat and long sleeves and long pants.
2: Man, he's the most pale person I've ever seen, but I've never seen nobody who's a true platinum blonde, like. Hair is real platinum. I'm like, dude, girls probably would say with your daughter she probably had this hair. Like, this looks fake coming out your scalp. It's crazy to see. <laughs> you know, I don't know the platinum blonde.
0: <laughs> girls pay for that.
2: For real. I used to always tease them. I was like, man, you just sell your hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just wake up in the middle of the night to the sound of tremors.
0: Shaving his hair. You selling it on the black market. Enough to make a wig. You'll make more, man. You know how they say, like, if you kill an animal and it's tense, it ruins the meat. If you shave A white dude's platinum blonde hair and he's scared. Does it fuck up the hair?
1: I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Will it make a shitty wig? That's funny. This wig was made with pure fear.
1: (laughs) Yes, I prefer the hair of a relaxed victim.
2: He ain't ever get to grow it out long enough in the army. I would have liked to have seen them grow it out long because it turned colors as they get longer and stuff. You know, it was crazy to see. You don't grow it this long in an army. It was like, man, it's coming out your scalp. <laughs> <laughs> it was a guy named Orick. Man, Orick was cool. He was another guy we used to shoot guns with. Like the vacuum? I don't know if it spelled the same. I think it spelled different. Orick was cool. We used to shoot guns with him all the time. He was young, but had a head full of gray hair, like pepper gray hair, more grays than black. And people used to think he was so much older. He's like, I'm 22. And I'm like, man. This looks fake. Like, it's crazy to see. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, man, it's just crazy to see. I you supposed to like the some people
0: love that. My wife tells me she can't wait until I go gray. She loves all the dudes.
2: I got one in my beard. You can see the you know, half of a little feminine. I got one gray right there and I got peppers all the way around. I got grays coming. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to let
0: it go. That's it. Age gracefully. You got no other choice. Mm-hmm. Chris, before we go, we have a tradition and I got to ask you something weird, I promise. We ask our guests if you had a piece of advice to leave people with, it doesn't have to be gun related, doesn't have to be related to the stuff we talked about, but it could be. What would that be? Work backwards.
2: Whatever you're doing, whatever you want to do, whatever you're learning, start from your end goal. Like when it's all said and done, what do I want? Start from there and work backwards. What can you get there at your end goal? What can I make achievable now? And then not just work backwards. Let me tone it down or not. What can I make? And just keep going as work backwards before you know it, you'll be achieving yourself, meeting yourself more in the middle and you'll have a way higher output. You'll be on a different scale. You'll be on a different level looking and stuff. And you work backwards. You're coming up simultaneously. You're still working. That's why you just work from the top bottom, I should say. And I always say work backwards. If I want to work with somebody, like say if I wanted to work with Coca-Cola, as an example, if I wanted to make a good nigga Coca-Cola, I would try to find a CEO of Coca-Cola and do whatever I could to talk to him don't work down. He would have to pass me off to the marketing director to do whatever I need to pass off to the taste testing guy and sample mixing guy to work backwards. I wouldn't try to build a brand to be just as big as Coke. they going to be like, nah, you're a competitor. You know how I'm working backwards. This is what I want here. I'm going to start with Coke. That's what I do with the hood it I wanted to work with Sakata because Sakata I start working backwards. I never thought they were like, you know, you don't know until you try. To not try is ultimate fail for real, for real. So you just try, just work backwards. You don't know the things you don't know. You think somebody might say no, they might say yes. You really don't know them yes to be fucking you. will be like, man, they really yes. Yeah. People be sending me guns. I would have never thought they would be sending a black man free gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real about it. The only time I've ever heard about that is all the stories you hear about the old heads of the government dropping off guns in the hood.
0: Like CIA, Cointel Pro shit.
2: These motherfuckers be sending me guns. For what? Just to shoot, like, work backwards, man. You never know till you get that yes. And you're like, well, make a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell
1: yeah.
0: I love it, man. That's yeah, awesome. Work
2: backwards. As long as you're working, it's progressive.
0: Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was an absolute Instant banger. Instant classic. And I appreciate you for having me. I feel like we say that. Got to pat ourselves on the back here a little bit. Every episode is we, just so we keep good. Can these badass guests. Everyone we have on ends up being awesome.
1: Never a miss. Well, we did have one miss, but we're not going to say who it was.
0: We had one miss, yeah, but we don't <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that one. That's but funny. Nobody will ever hear that one either, but that's okay.
1: If you listen to every episode, you'll figure it out.
0: Don't put the clues together. I'm going to figure it out. Well, then we have the other one that we never aired. That's true.
1: That's the real miss.
0: (laughs) That's the real miss. That's the bad one. It's levels, man. That's totally our fault, though. And
1: that one's never coming out. We got 20 minutes into it, and we're like, oh, no.
0: This is bad. (laughs) And we were sucked in. We were like, is this real? It was rough. But anyway.
1: That's why we don't do it live.
0: Yeah. We appreciate the hell out of what you're doing, man. I really think you're doing a good thing and benefiting the gun community by spreading your message and trying to get people involved.
2: Uh, I appreciate that. Really man. a pleasure
0: to have you on, man. And I wish you the best of luck in continuing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man.
2: Same to y'all, man. It's a podcast. and I wish y'all the best of luck on this too, man. Hope I can get y'all here so y'all can be the new big podcast. I don't know if there's so many podcasts that's booming right now,
0: man. It's not a ton.
2: It's a lot of, like, law podcasts and stuff talking about law.
0: Yeah. We start talking about, like, murders and, like, murder mysteries and somehow intertwine that, then we'll shoot to the top.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Drawing the murder.
0: Absolutely. God. Drawing the murder mystery, girls, and then we'll absolutely be successful.
1: Sorry, I'm going to let you guys go, but my mom listens to just the most vile fucking shit <laughs> She'll just be like driving in her car and it's like the killer cut her legs off and then raped her face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this like frank discussion. And they found her frozen on the side of the road. A lifetime movies.
1: And she's just driving, listening to that like it's normal. Like that's a normal fucking thing to My hear. My wife
0: listens to the same shit. She'll be like hanging out, like watching our toddler. She'll be doing her hair in the bathroom and it's just like. The killer took his fingers and tore her face off. And I'm like, what
2: <laughs> the
3: fuck are you?
0: She's like, Turn oh, it's just off. out in the background.
2: But can't, nothing blood related with animals. I'll be trying to get outside, but she ain't yeah. a- <laughs> yeah.
1: So squeamish, but then when it comes to like true crime, she's like, I need more. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is real.
0: This was a person. This affected hundreds of lives. They get too real with me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, dress a deer, that's different.
2: Mm-hmm. we still body parts though it's the mm-hmm. lung and all of this and livers and stomachs <laughs> but
0: they ain't ready for it <laughs> alright man we'll let you go otherwise we'll just keep talking but thank you again man for coming on this was a lot of fun no problem man. I appreciate it thank you all goodbye